0: Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea and what essentially it is, is trying to hack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories.
1: Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, January 19th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Very, very important show today. I think there's an important study that was set in front of me today by Orwell in the chat. Thank you for out there doing excellent research in the TLAV community. that was actually posted in December 2022. Which is not that long ago, but the fact that it's, it still is not being discussed in, in the corporate discussion, at least the way we're going to discuss it today, is kind of mind-blowing. Well, not really when you see how this has been going the entire time, but how we pretend things are supposed to work, it's pretty mind-blowing. But the important part about this is today, this conversation is the next, I shouldn't say the next, there's a lot of different di- directions to take this in, but we've talked about the dangers of these injections, the, the production of the spike protein itself. The continued production, the sustained synthesis of them, the altering of your, your genome, the DNA, the, the, uh, the reverse transcript, all the, all the things we've discussed and how it affects your body, as well as the lipid nanoparticles being dangerous in their own right, as well as the mRNA itself that carries the instruction or the rather the, the lipid nanoparticles carrying the instructions with the mRNA that then creates a spike. All of these little individual factors have been shown to have their own problems. And that is now just finally where the corporate media is getting to. Just finally, where you're going to hear these deep conversations on Fox and maybe some some categories of the CNN level of conversation as well, having discussions about the spike protein and how it could affect your immune system, things we were talking about two years ago. My point being is today. We're going to talk about in addition to all of that. So don't forget that's also taking place. All the problems we've already gone over, all of the increased risk, all everything we've talked about, what we're going to talk about today is in addition to all of that. And it's in the conversation around not just the injections being dangerous, but the repeated use of those injections and what each one of them has caused in your body. The upregulating of certain things that are very that are associated with very problematic things that almost in these cases we're going to discuss them are related directly to reducing your immune system. And all these different moving parts of what we're going to talk about, I find it kind of in, almost impossible to look at this and not think that it was made this way. But I'll let you guys, as always, come to your own conclusions about it. And we have a couple of other important, that we're going to get to that right out of the gate today. I'll just save for a couple of quick points I'm going to make about uh, the greater reset and some things going on that I wanted to show you. But we're also going to talk today about how these boosters boosters, the different injections that are based on the abbreviated information from B1 that was moved over to B4 and 5 that's now been moved again with no human studies. And, you know, because that totally lines up for anybody who cares about safety. But they're continuing to force these shots on people in schools and so on, rolling right back into new discussions of how they're necessary. And we're going back to mass and lockdowns and all the things that are coming your way. Another small discussion about how the risk in general, because it's always important to connect with the risk of these injections, the risk in general for what they call COVID-19, and I say that for a reason, The a small point on that again today as well, even in the very beginning, we're now finding out was dramatically lower than the flu, but even the Omicron one, which makes sense of what they've been telling you is far, far less than that. You're not in danger is the point, never were, still aren't now, for most all, everybody involved in this conversation, that's really important in conjunction with this information, how they're Germany specifically is saying we're not going to investigate these things because that creates hesitancy, which is dangerous for democracy, which is the same thing we heard from Scotland about the neonatal deaths overlap everywhere. A couple small points about the way that this is hurting people, of course, and that's the collapsing athlete, as well as a few other points and another big discussion about how it's being admitted to. Now that it's so far past in very quiet ways that they did lie or at least they did this or that because they thought it was right at the time or because they didn't want to cause panic or any of these numbers of these number of arguments are being had right now are being stated that show you that they lied to you. But now they're just trying to find some sort of equivocation reason to make you go, oh, OK, well, it wasn't malicious. They just did what they thought was right. Well, ask yourself how, again, people like Bhakti or us on this channel knew this stuff. And I say new in certain cases, not everything, but that this was not what they said, that this was dangerous, that this was causing problems, or the discussion of myocarditis in 2021 that they censored, which we now know is for sure. These things were there. So that people that are now trying to kind of equivocate and step back from this and avoid accountability are doing so because they're aware that you're starting to see through it. And we're going to finish today with some discussion about limited hangouts. In, in the context of both Twitter files, as well as some other information circulating around some of the Davos COVID-related information and the final points that I think are very important. All that being said, let's start today with a couple of quick shout outs, and then we'll get right into the main study. In case you haven't seen it, the Greater Reset is ongoing right now, and I, I want to make sure that people do take the time. You can still go back and watch the different presentations because they're recorded. And this is be, Again, this is the Greater Reset being put on by Derek Bros, the Conscious Resistance uh um, Josh Bush and, and uh, the, the I want to make sure See, I always have this thing and I don't know why that I want to say Josh Bush and I want to say John or Josh and I feel stupid I'm pretty sure it's John now that I said that God dang it I'm sorry about that <laughs> I feel he's a great person and he cares a lot about what he's doing and I always seem to say his name wrong I apologize about that the point is that this is an important conversation with people like Dell Bigtree and a lot of others out there that are doing great work Coming out to tell you that there's another path, another direction than what they tell you is the only possible way to go to save the planet. The reality is that there are problems, right? We all see that there are problems. The idea that, you know, part of the paradigm conversation right now is to argue that there is no problem. right? We're not hurting the planet. We're not doing any of these things. Yeah, we are. But the solution is not what they're telling you it is. There is no issue. The the climate change manipulation, the green movement manipulation, all these things are trying to hijack that reality and drive you in a direction of more control and really at the end of the day, less concern about all the things they claim they care about. This is showing you that there are paths we can take that are helpful to everybody, not just. And a select few at the top. So please check this out. I think it's a really important conversation that needs to be had. And there's a lot of great information coming your way from this. And by the way, please take the time to check out the Conscious Resistance as well and and support Derek individually, as well as support The Last American Vagabond, which also supports Derek. Now, I wanted to make this point as well in that exact point about supporting and, and doing what you can to support us as well as independent media, because we're in a very important kind of inflection point here in all of this. Everything's changing. They're desperately trying to get people back in line. And we saw, you know, I, I think I will do some kind of a focus on the Davo stuff. It's very important. It always has been, but there's so much happening in real time that we're proving the risks, the dangers that, you know, whether it's Ukraine or the COVID-19 injection, all these things are happening that, that make the conversations they're having, in my mind personally, just a little less than what they're literally doing that's killing people in this moment. That's just kind of how I see it. But do not pretend that the conversations they're having in Davos are not paramount. Well, I shouldn't say paramount since I just said that, but wildly important. Because what they're discussing, it's not just some think, you know, well, they always try to frame it like we're just having a conversation. These things have routinely historically, almost always directly influence what ends up happening. So you can't pretend this is not a big deal. The point is that I mean, there's a lot that you should be talking about that they've discussed, a lot. And we'll come back to that, I'm sure. But on one point, that's a day. And really, I think something at the end as well. This is a discussion, uh, always Bernie's tweets doing a great job, sharing that this is talking about how they need to, what was the word he used? Freeze out the independent platforms, or rather just the platforms that aren't doing what they're told. Of course, the way they frame it is doing the right thing, but that they decide, of course, you know, all of these elitist billionaires that only care about you, of course. It's the greatest threat to their plans, free speech, as Bernie says. I agree with that. That's why they're so desperately trying to shut people up and say that our words are violence. This is Richard Edelman, CEO of the world's largest PR company, instructing businesses to deprive platforms who don't follow the narrative of advertising. Which is exactly why I said this. This is why T Lab is not built on advertising because all of the many truths we've uncovered since the COVID illusion began that were almost entirely subsequently proven and admitted to were all without fail called misinformation before that came to pass. Think about how crazy that is. I'm not saying that because I'm like, you can, this is not just T Lab. There's a lot of independent media out there that has has like almost a hundred, batting a thousand completely getting it right with all the stuff that ultimately happened. And I'm not talking about people that guessed. I'm talking about those of us that were being objective and used the data and just were pointing at it before the corporate media grudgingly admitted to it. It's a crazy, how many times that's happened. It's all about narrative control. Now listen to what he's saying. because um,
2: I mostly work with business that business needs to do is deprive, um, Platforms that spread disinformation of oxygen. Stop advertising. Pull your promotion money. Make sure that they understand that they have a consequential impact on society. And the boycott of Twitter for several months has had a modest, modest impact. But I think the Facebook one failed. And... But the necessity of getting it right in the platforms that are probably primary source information for a third to 40% of people is
1: urgent. Hmm. You know, It's urgent for them to stop you from having free speech and talking about what you want. I mean, again, free speech means you have a right to be wrong. Understand that. Now, they may not like it. You also have a right to be intentionally wrong. They may they don't like you to think about the point is that's how they're trying to scare people away. There's a lot. I mean, the absurdity of someone like Brian Stelter, of all people leading some conversation on misinformation, we've seen all these talking points on Twitter. It's absurd. It really is laugh out loud. Ridiculous. Somebody who who literally got fired from CNN because the CNN wanted to redirect back to journalism. You Can't miss that. Clearly, then he's not journalism because it wasn't. And we know this. This is a game that's being played. Back really quickly i just want to reiterate this because i feel so stupid that i forgot john bush is an outstanding person that you guys should check out both with the greater reset conscious resistance and what Derek and him do i have this weird thing and the only reason i'm focusing on this because i'm mad that myself that i do this i have these things where I, i i forgot his name one time and i believe it was the last time i was on the great reset the greater reset conversation the first time and ever since then it ha- I have this moment where I it, I can't, I, I do this to myself. <laughs> it's not meant to be a slight, this guy's a fantastic person. And I think you guys should check out his work. Just want to make that clear. Cause I feel really bad that I do that sometimes with, I think there was somebody else that I do that. Oh, not that I necessarily respect in the same way, but Glenn Greenwald, I seem to always mess up his name. I say it wrong all the time. Anyway, enough on that. Shout this out. Make sure you guys check this out. John Bush. Now the point here is that we do this in a way to support T Lev. Be, the the value for value concept, right? Because I mean, no agenda podcast has really made that a prominent thing. And this is why I think it's important to do this with all independent media and realize that this is how they're going to attack us, whether it's advertising or just support in general. So we need to find ways to support each other through peer-to-peer economies and so on, or just other ways that we can make this work. Now, one, I'm a quick couple ways I want to shout out that you can support this platform and then we'll jump right to that study. Remember the our autonomy uh, autonomy program, the course that we have up there. You guys can now take this if you'd like. How to do objective research, maintaining objectivity in this objective world gone mad. That's a way you can support the Last American Vagabond and autonomy in general and Grand Theft World or supporting T-Lab in general. We have the Truth Clothing website where you can check out all our different shirts. A lot of different stuff you guys probably don't know is on there now. A lot of different kinds of shirts and stickers and all kinds of stuff you can check out. That'll support us. We also have our Substack. That Scott is doing an outstanding job, whether it's the compilations of what's on the website in general or his articles himself or the upcoming objected show, which I believe the next one's on the 23rd or the 22nd. Check out his, his uh, Twitter, fan, Twitter feed to check that out or just, you know, making great posts like this about the different studies proving COVID shots are ineffective. That's a way you could support the both of us. Then we also have the website itself up here. You've got. Donate in general, Bitcoin, Litecoin, all these different things, Subscribestar, Cash App, Apparel, all these different ways you can support us. And here's the main donation portal on the website. Just want to make sure people know that there, as well as a lot of different things. You can support us using Locals. We're on Locals.com. We're on Sovereign. Sovereign's got a donation thing. Odyssey's got donations. All these different ways you can do this. And all of them support us. Just want to make sure we don't forget that we're all in need of support right now. And that same thing goes for all the rest of them because we're all trying to fight for you at our expense. And that's important to understand, because this is not an easy thing to do. Thank you all for your support, because we couldn't do this without you. We literally could not do this without you guys out there making sure independent media can maintain. And on that note, again, gigantic shout out to Orwell in the chat, who is the reason that I know about this study today. Now, this is a really, really important study, not even just because of the main finding here, which is important in and of itself, but what this is showing us in how this is changing your body. And I find this to just be mind-blowingly important that that I I find it possible that there aren't other, far more knowledgeable experts out there, not other, uh, that there are far more knowledgeable or just uh, experts that I'm not out there who are aware of that the, what this is showing is a problem. And they're not speaking up. This is what Dr. Peter McCullough and plenty of others are really starting to call out a lot, even the parents out there. If you are staying silent about what's happening, then then, you know... I mean, it's I even have a hard time even I agree with him that that's a, that you are accountable for people being hurt. The problem is that it's a very hard situation for people out there that are struggling, that have uh, bills to pay and families and kids in school. Like I, try, I get how difficult that can be. The problem is that what you're what we are literally up against right now is that people are dying. This is not some hypothetical. These things are killing people. And everybody seems to be calling this out at this point. And they're still marching forward. So if you see this, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, if you're a parent and you have something happening, stand up. Say something. You will have far more support than you realize. Don't be scared away from all the screamers on Twitter because they do not represent the majority. This is December 2022. Extended SARS-CoV-2 Uh, And this was the RBD. It's right down here. Uh, This was the receptor binding domain, the spike protein, essentially. Uh, The booster vaccination induces humoral and cellular immune tolerance in mice. So the main highlights, ultimately, extended immunizations impaired the serum neutralization activity. The overarching point of all this is the repeated booster or rather just injections are bad, <laughs> that they're hurting your immune system, that they're causing you to produce less uh, antibody re- react re- antibodies, but also in general, just in, impairing your ability to do so in a general sense after that, in regard to just anything, whatever we're calling COVID-19 related. So it's not just that in that one time, it's reducing your abil- your the amount of antibody production, but that the next time you come in contact that you but it's just, it's, this is what we're talking about from the beginning about this and it's destroying your immune system. Immune dysregulation, immune deregulation. These things are literally hurting your body. This is not the vaccine or rather the injection not working. It's also that, but this is the injection hurting your body to the point to where your body's immune system doesn't function properly. It's why, and just being on that note, and this is exactly the same, not exactly the same discussion, but a very, very closely related point. Another, this is an article, uh, um, a study from April 15th, 2022, you've already seen innate immune suppression, right? And this is the one that just simply makes it very clear. Sustained synthesis of the spike protein. It continues. Impairs DNA. That I might as well include this since I referenced this in the beginning. Potentially cause increased risk of infections and cancers. It's all. The, it's the same overlap. This is a problem that they're running from right now. So here's the point. Oh, and then I've finished these. Extended immunization suppressing formation of, of germ, germinal center. These things aren't going to make as much sense to people that don't. I mean, even for me, the people out there that are experts in this topic, it's what it says in the discussion, extended immunizations inhibiting activation of CD8 T cells. Now that that should resonate with some people, right? This is interesting. Now there's two things happening here that there's upregulation of some things and there is suppression of some things. And all of this stuff seems to be a problem. The repetitive applications of vaccine boosters have been brought up in face of continuous emergence of SARS-CoV-2 variants. Now, remember, we're, there's a lot of ways this is going to go, in my opinion, I'm guessing here, theorizing. But we can tell that they're finally beginning to admit these things aren't working. They're never going to say they never worked, but they're going to argue. And by the way, that was the case, guys. Let's not forget this, that we were on this from the beginning and it was the same st- discussion, the same, and I'm going to get to the Moderna part in the end, the same genetic sequence from China based prior to any isolation. When I, same point, don't think they ever did, but regardless, it was verifiable that they sent that before it was ever isolated in China. That was admitted to, I'll get more on that in the end. And from that point forward, it hasn't worked. It's been hurting people. All they tried to do was sidestep it and make different arguments. My point here is that they're probably going to blame, despite all the recent information proving that this is what's causing the variants themselves, including their own experts making that clear today, They're going to blame the unvaccinated. They're going to say, those are the people that caused this to begin changing, which is why then they stopped working. But see, there's the game. It never worked. It never was successful. They were hurting people from the beginning. And don't forget that the risk was never really there. The Ionitis group and the peer-reviewed study shows you the risk was below the flu from the beginning. They're also probably going to say, well, you know, Trump's fault, right? It was Trump's fault because he was the one in control when this happened, which is probably always the wild card meant to be played when they needed to. Either way... They're now finally beginning to make this clear. It says, but they're pr- protective, I shouldn't say clear, barely giving you a fraction of the full story and arguing that's all of it, while still arguing, as you'll see, that injections going forward in the same fashion are the ones we should be doing. It's actually pretty incredible to think that that is what they're, <laughs> that they're still saying these things are the ones we should be doing. It's mind-blowing, you'll see. But their protective efficacy and potential adverse effects remain largely unknown. I mean, just that statement alone. But take them anyway, or you have to, or you can't go to school. Oh, your new, your, your new infant? Yeah, they need these. Oh, you're pregnant? Take them. But guess what? Potential adverse effects and, and the efficacy are largely unknown. How is that even possible? Because we're in so much danger. Isn't that the argument? But guess what? We know we're not now. Round and round we go. We're compared, we compared the humoral and cellular immune responses of an extended course of recumbent recepting binder domain vaccine boosters with those from conventional immunization strategy. So, it, so it's, it, the point is that they're talking about the 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 boosters, they're calling them with the conventional series. Now, don't confuse that with just conventional injections. What they're talking about is one and two of the original Wuhan strain injections with the extended course of the boosters, they call them going forward, whether that's the another one of those or the bivalence. So just so that's clear, because it can be confusing saying conventional multiple, which again is probably on purpose to make that, that the conventional we're now we're in bivalent land and they're calling the experimental, completely failing MRNA regular ones as conventional. Think about that mind game, multiple vaccine boosters after the conventional vaccination course. Again, this is the MRNA one and two significantly decreased the receptor binding domain specific antibody titers and serum neutralizing efficacy against the Delta and Omicron variants, and profoundly impaired CD4 and CD8 T cell activation, which are important for immunity, and increased PD-1 and LAG3 expressions in these T cells. Now, the main important part about this today is not this inherently or this specifically, but the regulatory T cells we get into and what that's doing. This is just in a general sense showing you that your immune system is impaired, in the production of the specific T-cells you need to re- continue to have immunity. Not just antibodies, but memory B, T-cells, this all. Immunity is not one thing. On top of that, remember that as Bhakti told you in the very beginning, none of these things can create immunity for a respiratory virus, seeing as how none of this creates mucosal immunity. He's, he's said that from the very beginning. That He said everybody knows that, they know that, so he's blown away that they would push this on anybody because it's not going to create... And guess what? He was right. There's so many examples of how they knew this wasn't going to do what they've always said that it was going to do. Even this part we're getting at today, the evidence shows that they were aware of this before it happened. It says, mechanistically, we confirmed that extended vaccinations with the receptor binder domain boosters, so the bivalent shots, overturned the protective immunity memories by promoting adaptive immune tolerance. That's a bad thing. This is, What they're saying is that it overturned what they claim was protective immune memory, which, I mean, we can get into debating whether that's what's been happening or it's because they got a natural infection and the injection only hurt that there's a whole dynamic there that they're just covering up. But the point is that you you the booster level it removes it. Overturns the protective immune memories. Our findings demonstrate potential risks with the continuous use of SARS-CoV-2 vaccine boosters. I mean just think first of all just on a basic point here, this is what the peer-reviewed science is finding that the continued use of these boosters is dangerous. At the very least that it's not helping, that it's hurting your immune system and removing your antibodies. Okay. Remember that in the beginning when they said, that's fake. They're not removing your antibodies. Well, yeah, it turns out they are. The point is, they're still pushing this right now. How is that? This is the peer-reviewed science. This is, I mean, this is as as of last month, right? They're still forcing it on children. They're still forcing it on, on college students. They're still forcing in plenty of ways. They're still at least pressuring people to take it. Why does that even make sense when they're literally going, well, look, these specific boosters when done exactly the way you're saying, don't have the effect you're saying they do. Well, because they don't care. And in fact, you could argue it's because they that what they do is what they were intended to do. Just theorizing. But it says the majority of COVID-19 vaccines with emergency use authorization, which is ridiculous, especially right now, we're not in an emergency. There's approved alternatives. There's approved alternative use, Paxlovid, Ivermectin, whatever else they want to tell you. All of those are supposed to make anything being emergency use authorized from before or now, not legitimate. Who cares about all the rules, though, because they just keep doing it. The World Health Organization contain a minimum majority of COVID vaccines with emergency use authorization from the WHO contain a minimum of the receptor binding domain of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. Conventional courses of these vaccines, again, just to make that clear that we're talking about specifically the mRNA spike protein injections. And here's where it gets really interesting. It says, we found that the protective effects from the humoral immunity are cellular and cellular immunity established by the conventional immunizations were both profoundly, profoundly impaired during the extended vaccination course. Profoundly is important, especially in a study like this. We've made that point before. They don't use words like that lightly in these kind of studies. In fact, they usually go the other way where it's, you know, even when it's 99.9%, you know, it's always, well, possible or whatever else, profoundly impaired during the extended vaccination course, which even that doesn't even cover what it really does. Again, very clear, still happening. Extended vaccination not only fully impaired the amount of the neutralizing efficacy of serum uh, receptor binding domain-specific antibodies, but also shortened the the long-term humoral memory. So this is my point. Not only did it just reduce the amount of the general antibody production or the effect, the efficacy of them, and also that, it shortened the long-term memory of being able to produce this. So the, the more you take, the less the, this is why it went from every six months or every year to every six months to every three months to every two months, because it gets worse and worse and worse. They saw this, and that's why they kept shortening the time frame. It's all very clear. We demonstrated that extended immunization reduced the functional responses of CD4 and CD8 T cells, restrained the population of memory T cells, and this is the important part, upregulated the expression of PD-1 and LAG3 and TE subtype cells. We'll come back to that. But the point, again, is that it basically did everything the wrong way. It's hurting your immune, it, it, it's hurting your T, CD4 and CD8 T cells needed to be able to fight things off, restraining the memory of them, and upregulated things that I'll show you in a moment are hurting you. Specifically the ones I'll show you down here, specifically the regulatory T cells, the Tregs as they're called. We provided cr- crucial evidence that repetitive administration of these injections may negatively impact the immune response. That's important the way they said that. Not The immune response being caused just by this injection, but just in a general sense, negatively impact the immune response. And this is what in general goes on to say established by the the original course, right? So not the injection and what that then causes. What they're literally saying is that it negatively impacts your established immune response that you've gotten since the very beginning of this. These things are hurting people. Well, actually, what this is showing is that they're destroying, they're not creating the immune response they claim it does. In fact, it continues to remove that. But then also, which we'll get into, it causes all sorts of really dangerous side effects. So how are they still pushing this? Within such framework, and this is my point about, uh, yeah, this is the next one. This is my point about how they always will. So after all we're finding, this is what they say. Well, within this framework, tailored. Tailored mRNA vaccines may be a good choice to circumvent the loss of effective humor. So because they're not working, we'll just the, the right step will be to make them personal to you. We're tailor make your genetic manipulations. Makes sense. And it says, that it's, you know, from after the loss of the immunity from the conventional ones developed with the wild type. Well, that's interesting, right? Because what are we talking about right now in the main conversation as the next step? Oh, that's right. Specifically tailored injections and universal multi-trivalent multi, multi quad-valent injections. One of them, though, is specifically tailored mRNA injections. So it's interesting how they lean into the solution they already have. Maybe just to simply make sure you can get some funding. Who knows? Either way, it's so crazy to me that they say, well, we should still do the same thing, essentially. The idea being that MRNA platforms and the direction going forward, that is the main, that's, that's the plan. That's been the plan. They've made that very clear. And that's point. the point I'll we'll make again at the end. That was the plan before this ever started. Make sense of that. Now, most important part, moreover, over-vaccination, as in the con- continued use of these shots, May generate an immunosuppression microenvironment. Now remember the difference here between immunosuppression and autoimmune. The, the, the point is you have the one that is an overactive immune system. Then you've got one where it's not working, right? Not working enough. So this is what we're talking about here is the more the overvaccination will cause your immune system to not work. And it says that is also an important facilitator of immune tolerance. We demonstrated that both the percentage of CD25, FOXP3, CD4, Treg cells, and the levels of immunosuppression cytokines uh, and its interleukin-10, IL-10, were upregulated, increased after extended receptor, binder, domain, vaccine booster, uh, vaccine booster vaccination. This is where it's important. I'm going to finish these last two parts, and we're going to look at that specifically. Specifically, Treg cells. There's a few different, very kinds of them. These three specifically is what we're going to talk about, and what those can do, as well as things that those can add, can create, and the problems therein. Now it says, and it says, indeed, we observed both humoral and cellular immune tolerance with the doses of extended booster administrations which made it safe to speculate that over-vaccination might severely impact the immune protective efficacy established by the original shots and probably enhance disease severity for new COVID patients or reinfectants. That's pretty damn relevant, isn't it? So not only does it remove your, hurt your immunity, take the, you know, people are going to quibble about the my conclusions about the information. Obviously, this is not doing what it's supposed to do. On top of that, probably enhanced disease, you know, like antibody-dependent enhancement. This This is exactly what that's saying. You take these, you come in contact with the wild version, and you get worse than you did before. Enhanced disease for new of them. You are literally causing what we told you this would cause from the very beginning. And don't forget, this has been there from the beginning. This is one of the first things we showed people in this conversation because this was published December 4th, 2020. In 2020, guys, we were talking about this in December 2020. Informed consent disclosure to vaccine trial subjects because of the risk of specifically antibody-dependent enhancement after these injections. Right here. And the point is they make it clear to say, regardless of how they're made, and it lists all of them. DNA, RNA, irrespective of the method, they may worsen COVID-19 disease via antibody-dependent enhancement. The specific and significant risk of that, that's again, the language they use, important, should have been, so they're acknowledging that it should have happened and it hadn't happened, and going forward should be prominently and independently disclosed to anybody involved in the trials, those people recruited for the trials or those currently taking them. Otherwise, they are not meeting the medical standards for informed consent. That's in 2020. Yet, you know what happened. Nobody said anything. One time, these things got mentioned no, actually, I, I I don't want to misquote. The point is that either, regardless of who else has talked about this, this has been there. And that's exactly what they're still finding in the peer-reviewed science. And they still do not tell children, adults, or anybody else about the potential risk of getting worse after these injections because of the thing you're supposed to be safe from. My God. A recent report in the New England Journal of Medicine demonstrated that a fourth mRNA injection of healthy young of, health, of healthy young healthcare workers only shows marginal benefits. <laughs> Great. That's just a very, very kind way of saying that it's not only destroying your immune system, but increasing your risk of infection. The when they say marginal benefits, what they're pointing at is their immune response. So even, in, in, conjun- in, in along with everything else we just said, the actual response, and that's whether or not it's even the right response is a whole other conversation. They've admitted they don't know that. It's marginal. This thing in every possible way is not doing what they're supposed to, what it says it does. Our findings revealed that repeated dosing after the establishment of vaccine response might not further improve the antigen specific reactivity. Instead, it could cause systematic tolerance and inability to generate effective humoral and cellular immune responses to current SARS CoV 2 variants. Right, That is your immune system not working. That means you won't be able to make them regardless of the new thing, how many times it changes. So you have an injection over here for this Wuhan thing, and you come up against Omicron or whatever else, and you have a inability to generate effective responses to that. An inability. Think about that. That is your immune system failing. There is no box. This is exactly what it's saying. Okay, the point here, again, is specifically, where was it? Right here. Oh, no, this one. Lost my, my, my. be highlighted it. There it is. All right. So the point about what these things are creating. We demonstrated that both the percentage of Treg cells and the levels of immunosuppression cytokines, uh, um, interleukin 10, were upregulated. Okay, they were increased. So what does that mean, right? What is that doing exactly? First of all, regulatory T cells or Tregs, the name suggests regulatory T-cells, also called Tregs, are T-cells which have a role in regulating or suppressing other cells in the immune system, right? So the simple idea is that these, these Tregs, and there's different variations or mar- markers, they call it, of them, right? These things, when produced, suppress the immune system. And the point is that it's meant to be in a time when it's not supposed to be happening, right? Like, for instance, like this, where it, when you get, I'll get into it in the point of the discussion in the, in the, the links, A self versus a non-self, right? Kind of like a body that produces its own spike proteins versus a a, a, a virus or whatever we're dealing with that produces them as well. Now, the body's got to be able to tell which one's what. And when it doesn't, and it attacks the ones your body's making or your body itself, well, that's when this isn't working. That's when we're dealing with molecular pathogenic priming, and all these different things we've talked about, right? So when this is upregulated unnaturally, when it shouldn't be, well, what is that doing? It's, it's, It's suppressing your immune system. Let's get into that. Okay, what are regulatory T-cells? Formerly known as suppressor T-cells, now regulatory T-cells or TREGs, are a subpopulation of T-cells that modulate the immune system, maintain tolerance to self-antigens, and prevent autoimmune disease. Like the, the, the information, the, the the topic that overlaps my mind with this is interestingly, they're talking about the IgG4 versus the igg3 conversation right and and the point being that those kind of responses are different and the igg4 is what your body would produce when you're fighting you know some kind of a a pollen or or something like that when it's not necessarily something that needs to be attacked it just needs to normalize the body to it right and the point is that it shouldn't be producing igg4 all that's doing is creating something that kind of continues for a long time and ends up in sudden death there's always this went deep in that igg3 being the one necessary for things like viruses and so on. So if that's IGG-3 is being shown to be basically dropped out completely after three, four shots, IGG-4 is shooting through the roof. So the point is that you're fine. It's interesting how these things almost seem to perfectly create the opposite of what we're being told, right? Where in this case, as it says, maintain tolerance to self-antigens and prevent autoimmune disease. Well, it's interesting because we're seeing a lot of that today, both autoimmune disease as well as immune dysregulation. But it says T T uh, Treg cells are immunosuppressive and generally suppress or downregulate introduction and proliferation of effector T cells. Treg cells express the biomarkers of CD4, p 3 and CD25. Just so we're clear about the you know the relation, that's what we're talking about, right? Now it says mouse models have suggested that modulation of Treg cells can treat autoimmune disease and cancer and can facilitate organ transplantation and wound healing in a normal sense, right? The point is your body produces these things. It, autoimmune disease being the point, you means your body is, your immune system is overreacting. So it modulates the problem by producing Treg cells that then su- suppress the immune system and stop that from being a problem, right? So there are ways naturally this is supposed to work. What it says, though, is Treg cells, and again, upregulating these things because of the injections, taking four or five shots, is not what's supposed to be happening. Treg cells tend to be upregulated individuals with cancer, right? The point is that what are these things, what are we seeing right now? Turbo cancers and all this stuff blowing up all over the place. And they seem to be recruited to the site of many tumors. Studies in both humans and animal models have implicated that high numbers of Treg cells in the tumor microenvironment is indicative of poor prognosis. Great. So your body so these things are upregulating these things. And Treg cells are thought to suppress tumor immunity. Great. So the more you have, the more that you are able, you're not immune to tumors popping up. I and mean, we all we see the overlap here. This thus hindering the body's innate ability to control the growth of cancerous cells. Right. So the point is your body's only producing these when it's necessary. When you're producing them when they're not needed in a time when you might, let's just say you already have a problem, but you know some small issue that you haven't even noticed yet that's not overwhelmed, suddenly it explodes. Turbo cancers everywhere because of this kind of problem. Bottom line is this is not what's supposed to be happening. So the basic study itself is going, yeah, these things are, are your immune system is having a problem. But when you dive deeper into why, you begin to find out that these things are being created that are directly connected to your immune system. As it says, T-regulatory cells are a component of the immune system that suppress immune responses of other cells. Again, so if that's happening when you don't need that to be happening, it's suppressing your immune system. Therefore, creating a more conducive atmosphere in your body to getting sick and and catching more problems. This is an important self-check. T-regulatory cells built into the immune system to prevent excess reactions right? Regulatory T-cells come in many forms, with the most well-understood being those that express CD4, CD25, and FOXP3. Regulatory T-cells are involved in shutting down immune responses, which is good when you're an autoimmune problem, but if you're already in a position where your immune system's already struggling, and you upregulate the very thing that further suppresses that immune system, I think that's pretty clear. Function. The immune system must be able to discriminate between self- and non-self, this is where we get into the the antibody-dependent enhancement kind of concept. When self, non-self discrimination fails, again, think about your body producing spike proteins that the bo- that your body may have already decided is a problem, and it should, because it is a problem. And that could end up attacking your body, or in, or vice versa. It could be where it recognizes it as your body, so it doesn't stop. Either way, this is not how this is supposed to be working. So spike protein is obviously a problem that, you're, that this is telling you to make. This is on top of that. When self-non-self-discrimination fails, the immune system destroys cells and tissues of the body and as a result causes autoimmune diseases. Regulatory T-cells actively suppress activation of the immune system. It's very clear. The mo- molecular mechanism by which regulatory T-cells exert their suppressor or regulatory activity has not been definitively characterized and is the subject of intense research. So I just want to include that because of how f- ridiculous it is. That this is a point where we that we this is something these are doing in your body and they barely understand how that's... It says right there, the activity has not been definitively characterized and is a subject of intense research right now. The mechanism by which these things do that. You got to love that. So you're the experiment, it seems. And there's a lot of things here that make me think that there's more to this. Potentially, if we're leaning into the, at least the conversation, the possible discussion of whether this is just one big experiment and literally just testing multiple things that we don't understand, I mean, regardless of whether it hurts people, it's certainly possible. It's happened many times before, 239 times to be exact, that we know for sure on the record they've admitted to testing people against their will without their knowledge, the U.S. government. But there's a lot of this that touches on, we'll get into next, that I think is really, really interesting with the eugenics aspect. But going forward, it says regulatory T cells produce a number of inhibitory cytokines the point being that we've talked a lot about the cytokine storms and how this is a huge one of the earliest conversations about why these things were a problem <clears throat> and it said, and it mentions interleukin 10 also appears that regulatory T cells can induce other cell types to express interleukin 10 okay well what's interleukin 10? let's take a look at what that is and what does that do the first the point is just to understand it it's saying that not only does this produce a number of a number of inhibitory uh, in inhibitory cytokines one of them being interleukin 10 so regulatory t cells themselves produce that it also says it also appears that these regulatory t cells on top of doing themselves induce other cells to express interleukin 10 okay so the question then becomes and that's not supposed to be happening understand at least as i understand it that this is what it's producing All of these side effects are, again, this is what we're discussing in the study where they're saying this is a problem. It's hurting your immune system, and they're finding these things are what they're finding. That's what we're seeing in relation to the immune system being hurt, right? So if not that, as well as other cells being told to produce it, that is overproducing it. What would that mean? Well, chronic interleukin-10 overproduction has some problems. Interleukin 10 overproduction compromises and NSC survival leading to hypocampal neurogenesis reduction in adulthood. It, it affects your brain, your memory, and weirdly enough, your aging. Interleukin 10 overproduction results in, in spatial learning and memory impairment. Effects by interleukin 10 overproduction resemble those producing produced by physiological aging. That's crazy. And you could guess all day about this. First of all, that's not good for you. But ultimately, what does that mean? And why would that be happening? Maybe you're being tested on to see if they can extend their lives. Who knows? Call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm happy to theorize about anything. That's all right. I wouldn't say I could prove it because I can't prove it. It's just a thought. The point being that we know that this has been an experiment based on all the things that have been admitted to over the, year, over the, the, the years. Exactly. But we need to ask ourselves what this might be doing and what might be learned from this. So this, as it says, our data suggests that chronic interleukin-10 overproduction mimics the physiological age-related disruption of the microglia-neuron dialogue, resulting in hippocampal neurogenesis decrease in spatial memory impairment. I mean, it's really interesting what that's saying, that it effect- effectively makes you age, I guess or affects your aging in general, or rather specifically, oh, I thought I had it highlighted in the conclusion. Anyway, it says, this work shows the importance of the microenvironment on this. Uh, we have demonstrated that chronic anti-inflammatory interleukin-10 overproduction has a similar effect to physiological aging. That is crazy, right? So what does that mean that your body is being aged or that it's aging your cells essentially, or the bottom line is, is this a way to, my question, to, to test how this is affecting people? because it could be the other way around too, right? The other one, the next one, anyway, after interleukin-10 being part of this. Where are we? Here, there we go. All right, so that's that's what it said there. Then it says regulatory T cells can also produce granzyme B, which in turn can induce apoptosis of effector cells, that being a form of programmed cell death. It's interesting. Well, what is Granzyme B. This gets pretty interesting. The secondary functions of granzyme B are also numerous. Granzyme B has shown to be involved in inducing inflammatory inflammation by, by simulating cytokine release and is also involved in ex, ex, extracellular matrix remodeling. Elevated levels of granzyme B, you know, so somebody who's taking repeated doses of this that increases that, are also implicated in a number of autoimmune diseases, several skin diseases, and type 1 diabetes. You know, no big deal what's interesting that you have different mechanisms here. One of this, the, the very things that are supposed to suppress that are also being produced by this injection or ultimately the immune system focus is what I find interesting. But some of these things are contradictory, which, which kind of makes me think that this isn't, I mean, I think we all should realize that the way this is working out, seeing as how it's seemingly affecting people that are, would be arguably on their side or people that are, it seems to suggest that maybe this is not exactly the way it was supposed to go. Just a thought. Could, could be who knows but here's what it says in the, the role in disease this is where it gets really interesting to me elevated concentrations of granzyme b are found in a number of disease states granzyme b can generate autoantigens by cleaving in disordered regions and linker regions of antigens exposing how epitopes and this can cause the development of autoimmune diseases granzyme b release with perforin from CD8 T-cells can cause heart and kidney transplant rejection. Interesting. We've seen that happen with the association with the injections. Granzyme B can kill melanocytes, causing the skin condition vitiligo, and granzyme B overexpression is found in contact with dermatitis and different skin problems. And this is what I found interesting. The ECM remodeling properties of granzyme B have also implicated its involvement in left ventricular remodeling, which increases the subsequent chances of myocardial infarction. Not Just all, you know, no big deal. All the overlaps with all the problems we're seeing. Now, this is a, a very minor point, right? Because this is just one thing that's a, it's being caused by the other things that are being upregulated. Regardless, I find it interesting that all of these things seem to point in the direction of what's exactly what's happening. The main point being the clear finding that this is hurting you and your immune system on top of what's happening that are the side effects or rather the effects of these injections. But then that is literally upregulating Tregs, the regulatory T cells, which directly suppress your immune system. On top of the other things that we pointed out, that that is ridiculously obvious to me. And this is just one more point on a mountain of obvious things that we've talked about. It's mind blowing to me. Now, here's I I was going to include the Substack post that Scott posted on the 6th talking about turbo cancer. Doctor reports two out of three of cancer cases, two thirds of cancer cases are now stage four following COVID injections. That's exactly what we're talking about. Right. The thing that we have clearly overlapped with the uh, the growth of tumors and that's specifically talking about um, this one. And the regulatory T cells in general and how that is exactly where they're found in, in the where was it? I'm trying to quickly find it again. was it down here oh i i took them oh it's okay i took the uh this indicates the it hinders the body's immune system against the cancer this wait did i oh did i stop oh okay i haven't gone i that's why i thought i have more to go over down here okay under disease an important question in the field of immunology is how the immunosuppressive activity of regulatory Regulatory T-cells is modulated during the course of an ongoing immune response. While the immunosuppressive function of regulatory T-cells prevents the development of autoimmune disease in a normal sense, it is not desirable during immune responses to infectious microorganisms. Yeah, what do you know? That's important. I'm glad I didn't, I, I didn't miss it. The point being is that this is not supposed to be happening. I think that's clear by now, but it's upregulating these things when the main point of it is that that's not not desirable in the exact time that this is what they're they're giving you something for what they claim is infectious microorganisms and they're saying well this is the one time this is not it's just ridiculous it's hard to see this is not intentional either way it's either wildly incompetent or testing things on people but the point is that it's specifically in the the autoimmune issue and that it is when fighting viruses or whatever else, this is the last thing. One of the things you don't want to be happening because it is stopping your immune system from fighting it off. Funny, I'm just, I'm just blown away that that's happening in the injection they give people to fight it off. Supposedly, regulatory T-cell activity. Oh wait, I think I, did I stop this one. Current hypothesis suggests that upon encounter with infectious microorganisms, the activity of regulatory T-cells may be downregulated either directly or indirectly. In this case, you're being given something that upregulates it. So it's the opposite of what should be happening. So it says regulatory T cell activity has been reported to increase several infectious contexts. (laughs) Perfect. Such as retroviral infections. Of course, the most well-known of which is HIV. What do you know? It is reported to increase infectious contexts. Specifically HIV. HIV and various parasitic infections like malaria. But it says Treg cells play major roles during HIV infection. The the HIV overlap should not be, it's it's impossible to miss with COVID-19. They suppress the immune system, Treg cells do, which we know by now. This simultaneously disrupts the clearance of virus by the cell-mediated immune response and enhances the reservoir, the wrong thing you want to happen right there, by pushing CD4 T cells into a resting state including infected cells. I mean, this thing's creating the, la- the opposite of what you'd want to fight a problem off. Additionally, Treg cells can be infected by HIV, which I'm, that's crazy to me. Increasing the size of the HIV reservoir directly. So these cells themselves can be, I just find the, the, problem, the interesting overlap with HIV, I think needs more investigation. Regulatory T cells are often associated with solid tumors. Increased numbers of regulatory T cells in breasts, uh, uh, colorectal and ovarian cancers is associated with a poorer prognosis. This indicates that Treg cells suppress effector T cells and hinder the body's immune response specifically against cancer. What do you know? Forkhead box protein three, or the FoxP3 part of the Treg, as a transcription factor, is an essential molecule marker of Treg cells. FoxP3 polymorphism might be involved in the gastric cancer progression through in influencing TREG function and the secretion of immunomodulatory cytokines, such as interleukin-10. Again, in general, the immunosuppression of the tumor microenvironment has largely contributed to the unsuccessful outcomes of many cancer immunotherapy treatments. So people that were trying to get treated for it, and it wasn't working. Overall, it's pretty obvious that this is the last thing that you'd want to be happening. So that's back to the turbo cancers. It's obvious why that is important. Because it's creating the problem. Now, right now, just that one study alone should be enough to say that this is crazy. But including everything else, Yale University is still mandating specifically the bivalent injection for students right now. And it's not just Yale. It's just one of the examples we can still see. This is from October, the end of the year. Still happening regardless of how many original shots they got, while professors and other staff only need two primary shots and one booster. So it's different for the, for the adults. So the kids who are at far less risk than anybody are being forced to take the dangerous injections we just went over, specifically the most dangerous of all of them. While the professors and everybody else can I mean, just stick with what they had before. It's everywhere. Here's another example, mind-blowingly, if you can believe it, of another, an OBGYN, we are definitely recommending vaccination and the booster, the same the one we just went over, the one that is every study you're going to find right now is saying that it increases your risk of serious adverse events. It increases your risk of getting infected. It has far less efficacy. It has risks up. I mean, it's incredible. They're running off the 2020 narrative and pushing things that are not the same thing and saying that it's safe for pregnant people of all conversations.
3: I have Dr. Kristen Oswald here with me from OBGYN Associates of Holland. And Dr. Oswald, we've been talking about long COVID, but specifically we want to talk about COVID during pregnancy. And if you can start, um, if you can just tell me a little bit about some of the risks that women who are pregnant may experience if they contract COVID. Yeah, so um, kind of overall, the overall theme is that if a woman contracts COVID during pregnancy, Um, Because of the
1: physiologic changes that happen in pregnancy, they're just at increased risk of having more severe disease,
3: Um, meaning um, things like potentially having to be admitted into the the hospital. um,
1: So you see where that's going. It's ridiculous. This is where it starts every time. First of all, it's already clear that most of them have less danger than the flu. Almost all of them, unless they're a 70 year old mother. Right. It's very clear that they're not in danger. And the argument that that to start with the argument of, well, COVID is in danger. So w- what does it have to do with discussing whether they should take this injection during pregnancy? Oh, because their argument is, well, because that's so dangerous, take this thing that we know is less dangerous. It's the only way they can make something dangerous sound like the right thing to do. It's incredible to me. And they're still pretending that this is a life-threatening pandemic discussion. The most current peer-reviewed science has already shown that was never the case. And it's definitely not now. So the argument is, because that's more dangerous, even though we know it's not, take this thing, because it's less dangerous? Why? Because your risk of getting Nothing about this adds up. They're still trying to tell people that getting this is safe and effective, even though they don't know that, because that's the fact Right now, they have not. The truth is we know it's dangerous based on all of the data that's come out and all the people that have been shown, all the VAERS reports and everything else that's been discussed, other countries that have said it's not safe. In the UK right now, their documentation says that this should not be taken by pregnant people. Right now. And the United States, we're still saying that take it. (laughs) I mean, look, I don't even need to play it anymore. You guys know what they're pushing. The point is we just had this conversation. This was Walgreens saying, get it while you're pregnant. It's not only smart, it's safe. It's mind-blowing because here's the same tweet that I've always shown. This is from when I had the after. I still have the account, by the way. I still accidentally post under this account because it opens for me sometimes. The point is, how can the COVID jab be recommended as safe? As here's the CDC literally saying that in August of 2021, but it's still said they're still pushing it. How can it be safe to pregnant and breastfeeding women if the most current official documents from them and the EU say that they don't know? No data are available regarding this. The bivalent during pregnancy, right? I mean, and if you think, I mean, you think I'm making, I mean, the point is these things are very, very clear. Oops. There you go. Right there. Updated as of December, 2022, last month. No data are available regarding the bivalent shot during pregnancy. I mean, I've made this point 55 times. How is that possible when you got people like this literally going, it's safe, take it, it's safe, and it's smart? They don't know that. At best, they can say, we don't know. Or they can say, well, observationally, it appears that it's probably safe, but none of that's even true. The facts are undeniably clear, and yet here they are pushing this stuff, telling you that you should do it because COVID is dangerous, but it's not, though. See, they have nothing but lies at this point. Let's let's talk Zoe Range points out that it's all coming back with arbitrary differences. Isolate for ten days now. Why? Ah, because we just pick a lower number because we wanted to. Okay. WHO issues fresh COVID guy. It's all coming back. WHO is saying to continue wearing masks, which I'm coming with that at some point. I'm just keep I'm reluctant. I'm tired to go over these same topics again. It's never been statistically significant in reducing transmission. It's not then. It's not now. It won't be in the future. Neither N95s or regulars, only personally fitted respirators. That's the only thing we're talking about that has any effect in this regard. Provable by a thousand different things, but they're going to tell you to do it again. But also, the point today, take the booster. WHO is right now saying that. Apparently, they're not aware of, the new, of, the, of all of the science around the topic. It's mind-blowing. And here's one of the points, the study, for, or just the article they shared. Isolation for 10 days, just so you can see it for yourself. Take the booster doses. Doses. Great, so they expect they expect you to take more than one of the bivalent shot. Good times. Here's another Substack post. Hammering the point, and I recommend you check this out. Six studies showing the COVID shots are ineffective. Not just ineffective, but dangerous. That are hurting people. And it's all the stuff we've already talked about. Increased risk of, of, of infection, increased risk of serious adverse events. I mean, all of it. It's very, very clear, and all the links are here. All the information with clips from the shows and so on. Scott's doing a great Scott's doing a great job with this. Hey, first time in a long time we've got a little uh, a little hello from from beautiful Sierra down here. So it's, it's interesting how that rarely happens, isn't it? In any case, going forward, this is just one more thing I want to play before I get into the. I, the, the risk part from, the COVID, the, the, from what they tell you is COVID, right? They're, they're saying that this is dangerous and we're all going to die, except the most current peer-reviewed science makes it very clear that it's not dangerous. Before we go to that, though, Milk Bar TV, which, by the way, I'll be joining him soon for his new podcast, had another great video showing you, of, of all people out there, One of the most hubristic, one of the most smug, manipulative people out there who was just being a calling people's cowards and and you know far more derogatory terms for choosing not to do the thing we now know is dangerous. Pierce Morgan has apparently now changed his mind, which you know what we all have a right to do. But what's so embarrassing about this is how they pretend that they didn't know it's it is the Ben Shapiro. They didn't tell us. They lied. Well, no, the right way to say that is you're, you didn't do your job. You didn't look at the same things we were looking at, and which is why we had doubts. You trusted the authorities when your very job is to question the authorities. Think about how stupid that is. And as I said, what a clown. Yet again, another example of how these supposed journalists did no due diligence and instead blindly trusted what they were told and then proceeded to berate and ridicule those who did, in fact, do their own research as any intelligent person would. Here is Milk Bar's, Milk Bar TV's new compilation.
4: Believed when the vaccines first came along that they would stop transmission. It seemed to me if you refuse to be vaccinated, you shouldn't be entitled to the same right to, you know, to go to nightclubs and stuff as those who've taken the vaccine and were therefore not able to transmit it. You want we to get on really a plane at the moment, which you can to many countries where there's a corridor. If you want to do that, most of them will insist that you have a COVID test and produce evidence that you have a negative result.
1: For those on the podcast, it's, show, it's going to show on the screen all the different tweets he said, like this one. Imagine being scared of having a safe, well-regulated four-second vaccine, calling people cowards, a spineless and, you know, P, P word, explicit, expl- 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 explicit, expletive. Jeez, I can't, I can't think. The point being that it's, it, this is a person who was attacking people for this choice. And when they were the ones that were scared, clearly, because when you're choosing not to do this, what you're not scared of anything. You're not scared of the injection. You're aware that there's no danger. That's the opposite of being scared. Or at least that's the perception. Right, but the point in the beginning, we know it stopped trading. We 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 thought that it did. Well, no, you didn't think anything. You were told that by liars, and we showed you from 2020, even according to Forbes, that it was never intended to do that. That's why I get so frustrated by people still pointing at the European Member of Parliament who said that after a question, as if that was the moment we all figured it out. That's the only moment you figured it out if you weren't paying attention. There's plenty of independent media that were breaking this stuff down early. These people want to pretend like we only now know now and anybody else just got lucky, which is what Scott Adams, I believe. I think I said his name wrong the other day.
4: Before you get on that plane and go to your destination, what's the difference, actually, ideologically, between that and saying if you don't have a vaccine? certificate or whatever they give you, then you can't come in our restaurant because we're trying to be as COVID safe as we can. I'm appalled by this. Yeah. And I really think it's not acceptable. And it's if not. you work in NHS and care work and you're a potential risk to the people you're caring for, you either have the jab or you don't go to work. You know, people have quite, I think quite rightly what held me to task over some of the positions I took during the COVID pandemic, no, uh, no notably when the scientists said as a
1: Speaking with Andrew Tate, by the way, you know, <laughs> the, the, the Mr. Surface Level, I mean, <laughs> my God, like th- this is the guy they bring on the TV. Like, think about that, right? This guy that has millions of followers and all this different stuff out of nowhere because or in, in the political sense, because it was something that was clearly designed. That's my opinion. And, and, and if you think that the takes, the don't read because only dumb people read kind of takes or something you want to engage with, I'm not I'm confused about why you're here today
4: definitive fact that you you couldn't transmit the virus if you had the vaccine as a definitive fact
3: will the vaccine only prevent me from getting sick or will it also prevent me from getting infected and spreading the virus to vulnerable members of my family
0: we don't know yet it could be i hope it is But we don't know if it's protecting you against infection
1: despite approving the pfizer biontech and moderna vaccines the u.s drug regulator concluded for both clinical trials the data are limited and the uk's said the new astrazeneca vaccine may not prevent transmission
0: when you look at the level of virus in the nasopharynx of a vaccinated person who gets a breakthrough infection with delta it is exactly the same as the level of virus in a unvaccinated uh. person who's infected that's the problem so those data are very compelling
4: let's talk about covid and novak Djokovic because you know i've we? been going at it on twitter right so i don't think you should be allowed anywhere near the U- the usa because america if i want to go to america which i will be quite soon i have to take a test and show my vaccination status mm-hmm. that's it
1: so to he? yeah
0: so we yes, shouldn't be allowed um, to play, right? Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission.
4: When the scientists said as a definitive fact that you, you couldn't transmit the virus if you had the vaccine, it turned out that wasn't true.
1: But you see, that never even te- that that technically exactly like that was not how that was framed. Trust me, they absolutely did everything they could to influence perceptions. The point is, this is him pretending like it changed. He just took, he just went along with the narrative because that's what cowards do. I, the, the this is him trying to avoid looking like the ass, the, excuse me, the clown that he was in this process.
4: I based my observations. On that supposed fact and said, right, but in that case, if you refuse to be vaccinated, you shouldn't get the same rights as people who've been vaccinated. If-
1: right, so what you just admitted to is you took at face value what they said, and then you operated as if that was fact because they told you that was fact. These are journalists, ladies and gentlemen. Really? Like, we need to really understand that this is how they all operate. They are people that are, they are suckling from the teat of the establishment, right? They are literally taking what they're given and acting like they're speaking truth to power when they are a mechanism involved with the process. It's mind-blowing to me. Same thing with everybody else we've talked about. If I mean, he literally just said it. A journalist would ask whether they were law- lying wrong. Look into it. Not just blindly regurgitate what the very authorities you pretend you're holding accountable are telling you.
4: If, if it's true that if you're unjabbed, you can pass it on. Regitation. Every day I read such nonsense on Absolutely. social media about these vaccines Can't from ignorant, vaccines ill-informed from people.
1: Right, like you, Piers, that's the point. What he was just discussing there is what he's later admitted to. Now think about those comments. He is so, he's, he's so angry about it. And this is all based on an assumption because he was told by authority. So if he was a journalist, he would at least operate as, well, we, uh, they said so. No, he's going over the top and attacking the, uh, every day, these morons on the internet based on something he was told. That's not what journalists do it gets approval
4: it's about as safe as it can get i mean oh, really? when they approve these things it's not about cutting corners there's been no corner cutting on safety <laughs> so there's no logical reason not to have it it turned out actually there's not much difference whether you've been better or not and at that point
1: i changed my mind wow and just in case you care to see they did push this right just as one of the many examples here's albert borla ceo of pfizer on the record saying that they. That the vaccine was 100% effective at preventing COVID. That's talking about transmission. They're lying to you. They always were. Right. So, but the point was from a government level, from the media, they played this game the way that they did it. The same kind of thing I always point out, like 9 11 in Iraq, right? I don't, I'm pretty sure I don't have any examples of them coming out and saying Iraq did this and was involved. They have peripheral other accounts, independent, fake independent media that will float these ideas. And that then it gets used as a conversation point. Then they can go back and be like, well, we never said that they were involved. Well, yeah, you very clearly made the effort to make sure people thought that same thing was happening here. It's just very obvious that was the game. Now here in regard to the risk is what's important to understand, because this is what makes their the, the entire premise of their argument completely fall apart. Even if you don't agree, which I don't know what to agree with. It's peer reviewed science. You should question it, but take it. You engage with it nonetheless. But whether or not you agree with that, <laughs> this is still undeniable. This is what the same thing that they will reference right now. Now the point, this is a Lancet study, by the way, as well as the others we pointed out, the Ionitis group on one of them. The infection fatality rate of Omicron is 0.0062%. 0.0062% of people die who get COVID, or people who, of people who get COVID will die from it. If that's even something we're dealing with. That's an, that's an average, okay? That's, that's Omicron forward but yet as they point as kevin bass points out the guardian worries that people aren't taking this seriously seriously people aren't taking this seriously experts say when the surge of something that is not very deadly if at all that guys that's what you literally that is not statistically significant that's a very nice way to say that if your risk of dying is point zero you're not in danger now, technically speaking, you're in danger because any possible risk can be called danger. But the point is in the sense that they're trying to tell you that that danger is so great that we need to push things out too fast and not test them properly and benefits outweigh the risk, emergency use authorization. None of that matters because that's the game they're playing based on the lie that you're in danger. Now, here's the report itself. You can read it. It's right there, 6.2 per 100,000 infections. That's the infection fatality rate right now, or at least as the... Um, where was it? Right here, it is specifically... November, 2021. So, you know, th- this is, all of this is how they work this out, but it's just Omicron. So the argument would be that right now it's completely different if that's what's actually happening. XBB1 and all this different stuff. Right? Well, think about the really stupid song that he just sang on that late night talk show. XBB15 or whatever it was. Who knows? He's, he's not very mem- He's not very memorable. The point is that the risk, even post Delta and whatever else was dramatically low. And here's an interesting point I want to make. Remember when I made that point about the peer reviewed studies or the, the preprints and how they don't really make it clear? Sometimes they never go past preprint. Well, age-stratified infection fatality rate for non-elderly, John, PA, Ionitis. And you can see the, the, the listing of information right there. Stanford University and so on. Epidemiology, bio. But the point is, very clearly, the average infection fatality rate for under 19 was 0.003%. Point zero zero three percent. So talking about the kids. That's it's when you get down to the infants. It's it's lit. I mean, point zero zero three percent is is meaningless. Point whatever it becomes when you're a two month old baby or just more. It's not there. You can go. I mean, the point is the main point is the global level pre vaccination before this was point zero three and point zero seven. Or rather, to say it more clearly, 0.03% infection fatality rate for under 59. Under 69 years old, it's 0.07 pre vaccination. This takes you at least to November 2021 and says 0.0062. All said and done. Oh, oh, that's what my point was, by the way. So this still says, as of today, I just refreshed it. This article is a preprint and has not been peer reviewed. Except it has, though, and it's right here as of January 1st. So it's been 18 days. Ask yourself why the pre- why hasn't that been updated? I'm not saying that. Who knows? Maybe it just takes a while. I just think it's interesting that there's an effort to really not make sure people see when these things happen. Same right there. Same study, ionitis. The point is it's the same information right there. Global infection, pre-vaccination infection, fatality rate, 0.03, 0.07. I, I think that's interesting. Why is that being discussed by Fox or CNN, right? I wonder why. Like, my point, as always, is, you know, Tucker has these little quips and squeaks out parts where it's important, usually six months after we've made a big discussion about it, long, maybe a lot longer sometimes. But the point is that why don't these things, if there was real, a real effort to really knock this down, these things would be engaged with the day they come out. They would be breaking this stuff down. You're not in danger. Here's the risk. But it's focused on the the talk of the day. Right? right now, it seems they are focusing on the spike protein and how that's dangerous. Like, yes, welcome to 2020, guys. Welcome to the class 101. We're so far past that at this point. You're not in danger. And here's how I try to lie to you about that, even to this point. And Dr. Zoe Harcomb, PhD, really, she's right when she says this is disingenuous research at its worst. This is straight up pathetic. Sky News today, or rather, yeah, I think it was today unvaccinated covid patients quote at greater risk of death for at least 18 months now that might sound important oh wow maybe it is. maybe unvaccinated are more in danger right that's what what they want you to think except the study took place in 2020 where there was nobody vaccinated or at least not in the large sense into the beginning of 2021 okay well that would seem ridiculous if the study was even based on vax versus vax, which it wasn't. <laughs> so what actually happened here? So Sky News went out of its way to take a study that wasn't even about vaccination and warp it into something that makes it look like you're in danger because they're liars, because this is what propaganda does. As she says, it measures the period of March to November 2020. It was before any COVID vaccines. It concludes that those who caught COVID in, in, you know, in this period, so they were uninjected because nobody was, were more likely to die. OK, well, where does the vaccine come into this? You be spray. It doesn't is the point. I can't even believe they can get away with something like this. I mean, they're bad, but this is like straight up like we're just going to take a, a study about about sea animals and just pretend it says COVID is deadly or pretend it says that. I mean, that's a, why even ridiculously more ridiculous. But same concept. You're taking something that's not about unvaccinated versus vaccinated, just making that the argument. Here's the the headline right here. Unvaccinated COVID patients at greater risk of death. It's very clear what the point is. Because the research took place in 2020, it says it right there, it only takes into account people who had not been vaccinated. Okay. At the time, they were infected with COVID. Right. Okay, so nobody was then. So how do you possibly pretend that this this is just a manipulative way of saying that this is a time when nobody had them? But the point that somebody makes, which we'll say at the end here, is that What also we don't take into account is that people, well, well, I'll show you right here when it gets into the time frame. This is, yeah, it was today, January 19th. Unvaccinated COVID patients retain a greater risk of death. Greater than what? Like, what's the comparative point here than not having COVID? Well, yes, but that's not how people are taking it. This is already being shared. See, see, unvaccinated are at greater risk. But the comparative point is to unvaccinated See, the term itself confused it. It's about people that are either have gotten sick or have not. It has nothing to do with the injection. I'll show you the study next. Before any jabs were available, right there, those who caught the disease between March and November 2020 were found to be up to 81 times more likely to die within the first three weeks of infection. Oh, it's not, it's actually in the study. The point is that the study follows up with them 18 months later. And you know what that does? Well, what do you know? It takes it right into a time frame when a lot of people got injections. Right? That's the point. And they remained up to five times more likely to die than uninfected people. See, it's not about vaccinations at all. Here's the study itself. Association of COVID-19 with long and short-term risk of cardiovascular disease. That's it. Vaccinations aren't even a point in this. In fact, the only time unvaccinated even comes into play is in one point way down here only one time in the entire study since vaccination records for the participants were unavailable for this study so they don't even know whether they had injections this limitation was overcome by restricting the inclusion period to before december 2020 when vaccines were not available although these findings should be confirmed in a vaccinated cohort in the future to reinforce the effectiveness of vaccination blah 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 right hope that's very clear so let's see what the study says This study aims to evaluate the short and long term, I just read that part, the prospective cohort of patients with COVID-19 infected between 16 March and 30 November 2020, and followed up for 18 months until, guess what? August 31st, 2021, when most people had, at least over the majority, had been injected. Okay, so after... August 31st, 2022, you clearly have most of those people, or I would argue probably, especially if they do that on purpose and don't tell you, it's something you consider. At least, let's just take the numbers that time. Let's just say 50% of them are going to have injections in their body. That's not factored into this. See how obvious that is? This is a game being played, taking a time frame when everybody involved doesn't have injections. Right. So then, and then arguing that the people who didn't get sick are more at risk and calling that unvaccinated, and then not even including that half of these people likely had injections going forward, which is likely why they had a severe risk, especially since we know based on peer reviewed science that it wasn't dangerous then and it's not dangerous now. So explain that for me. Well, clearly, the injections being involved are easily the culprit, but that's my opinion. The point is, we. <clears throat> excuse me, based on the peer-reviewed science, it seems pretty obvious that that's not the risk, at least based on what they found. And Mel making this point, perfect example of media yet again misleading a headline. Article tells us study was done from March 2020 during first wave, taking into account people not vaccinated. In other words, people who later went on to get vaccinated. It's a great point, Mel. Like I didn't even think about this until I started. Per- exactly. So if they go all the way to August 2021, well, it's a guarantee that, that that's going to change. They are trying desperately to dig their way out of this hole. It's not working. Sal Diagras points out that they're not even in, vet, or rather, arguing in Germany. You know, the place that just literally arrested an elderly woman and forced her to be injected and then, psych, and, then and, and had her committed because she didn't want the injection. Because that makes sense? Germany claiming that they won't investigate COVID injections because it's dangerous for democracy. Not a joke. I, I tracked it back to what appears to be the original a German German po- uh, outlet. Search for culprits, and that's in, gar- in regard to the injection itself, endangers democracy. January 3rd. This one, this one here posted on January 6th. Here's what it says. In the past two years, fundamental rights in the Federal Republic of Germany have been curtailed more severely than ever before. The federal government was able to rely on moral support from Ethics Council Chairwoman Alenia B- uh, Bayek's, right, the ethics chairwoman was pushing the most unethical, unethical thing in history, who repeatedly justified all measures with references to ethics. Right. This is the whole argument of moral bioenhancement being covert. They argue that it's ethical because you're too dumb to know that it's right for everybody else. Alenia Bayek's herself was one of the strongest advocates of the strict corona measures. She refused to apologize to the unvaccinated, as it says here, despite them being discussed as the tyranny of the unvaccinated. And here's where it says her quote, the search for the culprit is often sparked off by concrete losses. The need is undis- understandable in the, the need to investigate what happened, but it's understandable, but incredibly toxic. It has a profound effect on polarizing society. Okay. So then why do we investigate government crimes? Why do we investigate murders? Why do we investigate anything then? The point is that investigating them has a problem on society because they're the ones controlling society. Well, we can't allow the the string pullers to be shown as bad guys because then society falls apart. Well, maybe it should because they're bad guys. How about that? And it's a threat to democracy, she says. Exactly. It's a threat to, when they say democracy, they mean their control over your life. According to Bayek's, anyone who advocates a fundamental review of the corona policy, who demands personal and possibly also legal consequences, is an enemy of democracy. This is where we are now. I mean, they're just desperately cowering, it seems, behind their most flimsy arguments. National security, a threat to democracy, safe and effective. It's just a bunch of talking points now, backed up by seemingly nothing. Well, a great share from Dr. Peter McCullough. Big shout out for sharing this, as he wrote, Ryan Christian, The Last American Vagabond, analyzes the epidemiological and pathophysiological data supporting the conclusion that COVID-19 vaccines are causing sudden death in athletes. Well-sourced. I appreciate that. I take great pride in the fact that Dr. Peter McCullough felt strong enough to share this. I feel very strong about my work, but it's a big compliment coming from him. And I include a uh, shout out to Red Voice Media who shared this clip, which is what caught his attention. And a big shout out for them for including the information excerpt of the daily wrap-up, full episode can be found here, which so people can track it back and find the source material. Right. Is that that's all that really matters for me. Right. Is that it's important that people end up being able to find the actual source material because in the video itself, another fantastic clip put together by Brock Brock West. Make sure you watch it. It does a great job on these. It shows you and discusses them. But what you, what you want to see is all of the links. Right. You want to see all the source material so you can go through and check it for yourself. Cause I could be wrong. I could have made a mistake. Right. Here, here's all the links for you. You want to make sure you check those out. But a big shout out to Red Voice Media for getting the getting some reach. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I just included so people could have it. So I think that's important. And the point is that this is happening, guys. Athletes are collapsing, but it's not just athletes. Oh, and here's the the video on on BitChute. It's not just athletes though. It's children. It's everybody. Not literally everybody collapsing, right? Because that'd be stupid to say because we don't know that for sure. But it is clearly happening. I mean, this is the incredible part. And, and it's in this clip, if you want to watch it, that we have on the record from an a- NIH study that before COVID-19, myocarditis was one of the leading culprits for sudden death in a general sense, right? And we now know for sure, even though they dispute the the likelihood, but they have admitted it's for sure that these injections can potentially cause myocarditis. So what, how are we even having this conversation? Or shouldn't the point be the injection can clearly cause myocarditis to some degree, which then is before the leading cause of sudden death, and now we're watching sudden death everywhere, and we're debating what it's about? Well, in some ways, it has to be that to some degree. I argue it's possibly all of it, if not a lot of it, but that's my opinion. What I can prove is that we know for sure it's happening, and they're going, not possible. Later talking about myocarditis, but it's not possible. See, they're desperate right now. Now, here's another example of something I wanted to point out. I find this to be really important, guys. I am absolutely convinced, whether this is one of those examples or not, that we are being set up. That there's an effort right now, whether it's a joint effort or not, just like the the absolute vitriol, the hate that the corporate media has for anybody doing what we're doing. One, because we make them look bad at their jobs. And two, because we expose that they're part of some kind of manipulation or at the very least don't care. So... They need to make us look ridiculous, attack us, or because we're undermining their business model. So, what I think is that in a large way, you've got a lot of these outlets that are now intentionally trying to obfuscate the real point in places that aren't. Because in the beginning, we would go, okay, well, why is this not talking about why, how they died? Right? Why, why do they just move past the story without even acknowledging what happened? In the beginning, that was an interesting possibility, not for sure, but usually it usually indicated there was some kind of association they didn't want us to talk about, you know, because vaccine hesitancy, something like a heart related problem or died in their sleep or died suddenly. We all saw that. Now I'm convinced what they're doing is putting these things out in ways that make it look like it's being obfuscated. So people jump on it. I'm just it's I'm just it's just a possibility. So consider that. So here's Disclosed TV. And I'm not saying that's what they did. Char- uh, Charlotte FC defender, Anton Walks, dies, age 25. So when you look into this story, you'll find a lot of reports that say some pretty weird things, like passes away, even died suddenly. And you might think, well, there you go, another example. Well, this is exactly why we should not jump to conclusions, because even if all those things did are what happened, which it doesn't seem to be, at least so far, still fleshing out, I argue, because it's new, that even if those things are there, it still doesn't prove that we know it's the vaccine. So we just got to be very careful, be objective at all costs, because they will jump on every opportunity to scare one person away from one more person away from hearing what you have to say because you were not being exact. You know, like documentaries you could put out with information that's obviously incorrect alongside true information. Well, people dismiss it all. Probably why it was done that way. The reality being is that this seems to be a boat accident, at least how it's being reported. However... I'll read this, reportedly a boat crash. It seems co- corporate media everywhere is wording this so people jump to conclusions. Even this post was actually first posted as, quote, died suddenly, even though we're talking about a boat crash in Miami. So don't take the bait. Now, corporate America points out, also want to point out in your last show, it showed a 20-year-old MMA fighter who died suddenly. But it apparently was reporting, reportedly suicide. The same thing they're doing to debunk good sciencing. Right. And this is something that we talked about this one right here. Now what's interesting. And this is, and again, this is, it's, we're all, I mean, I'm, I'm just as skeptical as anybody else, especially since we're putting, there's so much going on. And she, she was 18. I believe media companies are picking up on the died suddenly headline with quotes and everything, right? Big surprise. Head as a trend to bait people into using it as a catch all, for examples of vaccine injuries and deaths, then they can collapse down on a fact check, which meaning is meaningless to us, but it does still influence the average people we're trying to reach. That doesn't mean we shouldn't ask the question. Always, always ask the question. You, all, you have a right to. doesn't matter how obscure or insensitive they want to say it is. Of course you can ask the question because, of course, right now we know that it's a possible culprit. But to, to make the point more clear, we see a lot of this. This is, this is posted today. There's not a single mention of a boat. How does that make sense? It's clearly public knowledge. So you mean that this soccer-focused website makes an entire post about how he passes away at 25, and there's not a single mention passes away early Thursday morning following an accident. That seems very intentional to me. If you want my honest opinion, I'm guessing. But so what they're gonna, what people who are already ready to jump the gun are gonna do is gonna say, "Ooh, now I know what they're trying to do. This is it, another one." And I got to be honest, a lot of people that even people I respect. Saw the post and shared it and said, you know, something to the effect of died suddenly or stopped the shots or whatever, insinuating clearly that the injections related. Now, I, you can do whatever you want, free speech. But that is, I argue, what they're trying to accomplish. Now, here was that post from the mirror, which now says <clears throat> after Miami boat crash. <clears throat> Excuse me. And right there is what I posted on the picture. But just so it's clear. And I was unable to find this on anywhere else, the Wayback Machine or anything. I was able, luckily, to get a screenshot. And this is why it's important to always do this. Because he doesn't say this anymore. That's what it said, guys, when that first went up. Look at that. Former defender, Anton Walks, dies suddenly, age 25. You tell me what that's supposed to mean. You tell me that you don't think. And I'm not saying I know for sure. Because how can we possibly know what their intentions are? But you tell me that that, does not, that makes sense, that it's a boat accident or an accident at all. I mean, I guess you could say it was a sudden accident. But when, since when do you say dies suddenly in a car accident or anything else? And just me personally, I find that to be an effort to set people up. This is a game. We're in an information war and they're losing. Now, here was the Wayback Machine. I just want to point this out. There's some funky stuff going on with the, with the Wayback Machine in general. I tried to open this and it just got, it, it takes it from the web archive right over back to, as right there, to back to mirror. Look at that. It's not even, it's no longer even up. You can see the the URL. It's not even on the way back machine. How is that even possible? And it says, oh, we couldn't find the page, but it was saved. I don't even know how that's possible. So somehow people are finding ways to like circumvent even the way back machine. It's crazy. The point being, guys, obviously people are getting tricked by this. And the point in this, not this, this is the next point. But overall, we need to be very careful because there's a lot of misinformation. And I don't mean the sense that the government's telling you. And again, don't forget that you have a right to misinform if that's what you want to do, especially if you're just wrong. Obviously, you have a right to be wrong. But there's misinformation. There's limited hangouts. And that's going to be the kind of the finishing point today. And it's everywhere. I genuinely think the effort is to try to get people to, be tri- to start taking the bait start assuming everything is what they think it is and that is whether however they get you there that's what they want you to be doing the twitter files is the same point it's about pretending we know enough based on insinuation screenshots and telling you what's here's what i see behind the scenes here's a screenshot that gives you part of the story even if they're telling the truth which by the way i do think they are to some degree it is already getting people trained in a way to not ask for more Demand the source material because until you see that, you really don't know for sure as much as you may think so. And that's the biggest problem is that I think they want us to start jumping the gun. Just a thought. So be on the guard. Be on guard. Now, last point on this one segment before we finish with the the uh, F or was the well, I'll get to it next the, the admission of manipulating death and then the limited hangout discussion. As Dr. Peter McCullough points out, or first, just Red Voice Media sharing this, stunning revelation, the MHRA publishes guidance on how to evaluate, guess what? Vaccine-induced myocarditis. The thing, you know, that, remember, we were censored for on Twitter for simply asking if it was possible. For simply looking at peer-reviewed science and saying, well, it appears this can cause myocarditis. Censored. That was what I got this account originally censored on Twitter. And now you can see in the UK, its I mean, we always knew this. They're now grudgingly admitting it. Now they even have guidance on it. And yet the very thing we now know it's causing that can lead and is the leading cause of sudden death is apparently completely impossible to be causing sudden death right now in athletes who took these injections because they say so. Makes sense, right? Well, he said, and this is the important part, we shouldn't have new guidelines for a problem that that shouldn't that shouldn't exist. Products should have been stopped two years ago. Normalization, keeping people in a trance, not safe not effective, pull them. Information though, at this point in
0: time is pouring out and we have so many admissions of it. One is the MHRA, uh, the regulatory agents in the UK has published guidance, an official guidance document on how doctors should evaluate COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis. So that's a proxy that there are so many cases that the British, uh, uh, the British uh, government, has to uh, basically issue a guidance document over this. This is a stunning revelation. So it keeps going. We have now over 1,250 papers in the peer-reviewed literature on vaccine injuries, disabilities, and deaths. And it'll continue to grow. And the peer-reviewed literature can't be stopped. It's in the National Library of Medicine. Even despite a wave of uh, corrupted journals trying to retract these papers,
1: the information is still getting out. Right. They were desperately trying to hold this back. I think that's incredibly important. Now, there was one point that I actually wanted to make on this, that I think is interesting that, you know, so one of the things we get in this conversation, right? So when he's talking about this, talking about how. Well, you know what, I'm going to actually I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip it. Sorry, <laughs> there's a point I was going to make about it. we'll see if it comes up my mind again. I'm sure I will make it in general. There's a general, you know, the, the point I made in the past about the aggressive pushback of people that will be saying there are no viruses, right? Which I've made very clear from the beginning, I think is an interesting point that needs to be fleshed out. I just personally don't think that it's as clear as some of them think that it is. I'll make that point in the future if I come across it. But there's, there's, We need to think about what we're really trying to accomplish, right? What's our goal here? Are we trying to reach people and, and, and save their lives essentially? Or are we just trying to make it seem that we're right and you're wrong in the conversation? You know, because there's, there's a lot of that today. Just reflect on what your objective really is. Because if your objective is just to make it seem that you know something they don't, well, then you're succeeding, right? But if you want to reach them, even if it is with the concept that these things don't exist, then do do it in a way that you think is conducive to actually reaching those people. Now here, actually, I'll make this point right over here because of the same point. So here is something that is very important. Now, this is kind of the beginning of this end segment for like limited hangouts. First of all, this is just not this ex- itself, but the, the lies, One of them being the myocarditis point, they're now grudgingly admitting to, that was shouted down and gaslit and lied about, right? That in and of itself can be considered a limited hangout. I'm I'm making this point specifically because I've been focusing on that a lot lately. Just the, the general idea of what we're seeing on a regular basis about these things, whether it's Twitter files or the corporate media, lying about these myocarditis things, lying about the general pandemic itself. NHS director confirms hospitals lied about cause of death to create illusion of COVID pandemic. We've talked about this since the very beginning, literally since the beginning. As Expose writes, before COVID, four types of pneumonia added together were the highest cause of death in the UK. In a newly implemented medical examiner system to certify deaths, the medical examiner was certifying all types of pneumonia deaths as COVID-19 deaths, a former director of -of end-of-life care has said. Now, here's what's interesting. This is coming from a thread on Twitter, but guess what? It's not the Twitter files. Now, what's interesting, though, is I'm starting to see that these things are being overlapped. And I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it's making me very suspicious about how we've already been really not... By the way, still no source material. No source material whatsoever coming from the Twitter file conversation. Which is odd, seeing as how far this has been going. There's still plenty of doctors that are censored. There's still plenty of, you know, where, where, why is the, uh, the, oh, shoot, Christian. dang! that's driving me crazy. I- Ice Age Farmer. Why is he still censored, right? Why is Courtney Turner still censored? I mean, there's a lot of people that have never gotten these back. Anyway, the interesting part about this is that I'm seeing these people, even some of the same people that are, all, who are, I guess, quote, reporting whatever they're being told by the Twitter lawyers are allowed to say on Twitter and, and only that in their sub stack. Some of them are doing their own threads with things that aren't based on that, but are based on things that they do have source material for, and they're showing that. But yet that seems to be suddenly getting conflated with the Twitter files. And I find that to be very interesting. Here's one example of that. I'm not saying everyone's doing this. This is an interesting thread that's on Twitter that I've seen people already kind of conflate with the Twitter files discussion. Now, just because things are happening on Twitter does not mean that Elon Musk did that, or this is the Twitter files agenda. Like, think about how interesting that is. I find this to be pretty important. Now, this is because this person, and all, this entire narrative rests on his, basically like he's a whistleblower, right? He's somebody who has worked in the NHS as an end-of-life care person who is saying this is what he experienced. So that, that is where it has to be, right? You can argue they could be wrong. It's, it's their it's his perspective. The point is that's still relevant, isn't it? And the point is you can go through and read it all for yourself, and he, he associates it with source material you know, links to actual documents and actual postings that you can read, confirm what's being said. That's what it looks like. As opposed to me taking a quick screenshot of just this one piece and putting that on the screen and saying, this right here is all this over here and all the things, you can't see it all, but that's information and I can explain to you what it says and here's why it's important. Not the same thing. That is the difference. But you can go through and read it all for yourself. And read what he's saying. Still, some of these things are just rested on his, his cloud, right? Or his, his reputation. But you go through, I recommend that you actually go through and, and break this all down because it's the same thing we've been talking about that they're conflating these things in order to hype these numbers. And that this, he's saying this was the point. Here is the HHS document, HHS document, Health and Human Services, that I've pointed at since the beginning. This was archived on two, 2017, April 29. And the point is, it's always been this way. This is a medical, a a doctor reaching out saying this is a problem. And we all know that the CDC acknowledges a difference between flu and flu associated death, yet uses them interchangeably. This is before COVID, but now they're doing the same thing, except now they're using flu and pneumonia with COVID. PIC, it's right on their website. Why are flu and pneumonia bundled together? Asked the doctor and plenty of other scientists and, and documents, studies have been done on this, influenza and pneumonia, they claim, took 62,034 lives in 2001. 61,777 of which were attributed to pneumonia and 257 to flu. That's interesting. But then even worse, in only 18 cases was flu actually identified. And yet we're going on saying 62,000 deaths for flu, even though, most of that was pneumonia, and even the flu cases were only 18 were shown. Now, the point is, guys, at the 2004 National Influenza Vaccine Summit, they discussed on how can we drum up vaccine sales? Well, we hype it, and we combine these things. We lie about it. It's a seven-step recipe for generating interest in, and demand for flu or any other vaccination. And says, and quote, at that point, the manufacturers were telling us that we weren't receiving a lot of orders for vaccines for use in November or even December. Recalled Norwek on the National Public Radio. Quote, it really did look like we needed to do something to encourage people to get a flu shot. What do you do? Well, you conflate things and make it look worse. This is on public record, guys. So the point is, they're doing the same thing with, with, with COVID. We told you this from the very beginning. But nonetheless, it's still very important. This, I mean, so did the expose, by the way. But this is important because now they're pointing at somebody who has worked with them saying that's what he saw too. See, that's much more valuable to me. Now, on the side of the Twitter point, there's a lot of this still going when I talk about limited hangouts. Still to this point. Check this one out. So here is Matt Wallace, who, I mean, I think his only job these days is just to hype Elon Musk. But he says, Elon Musk exposed bill gates so hard that bill has now turned off comments on his twitter well sure that sounds compelling look at this nine million people saw that guess what it's not true at all in fact no because guess what they've always been off easy to prove but the tide was turning long before this limited hangout because you can see people like Derek Bros or whitney webb or plenty of others that wrote about this a long time ago this is believed from what was the date on this one this is just a series. Anyway, 2020, 2021. The point is, hashtag expose Bill Gates. Bill Gates' web of dark money and influence. And this, this, this went around the world. There was a expose Bill Gates day that went around the world, guys. It was all over the world. This was started by Derek Bros. But apparently, because of some screenshots and text, they claim that's what ta- caused something to happen that, by the way, wasn't actually happening. As I said, ask yourself why he would lie about this. That is, unless he was just wrong, possibly assuming, maybe didn't care. And in that case, I hope you will consider that the next time one of these sourceless posts are made, right? Next time one other, another screenshot, another post is made. Let's ask yourself, maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're lying. Maybe they don't know any better. This is so important to understand. This is a game that's being played. And I think this is incredibly dangerous. Why would he go out of his way to try to make this case? Because there's a game being played. Here's another example. Elon Musk just revealed proof they were purposefully overcounting COVID death hospitalizations. <laughs> proof, huh? Well, first of all, <clears throat> as i said getting really tired of this game, countless hardworking people in the independent media have proven this 10 times over since 2020. And I mean that, you know, I don't use proven proof lightly. We, I mean, guys, this was undeniably shown a long time ago, but sure. Thanks for some screenshots with source with, with material, Elon. I mean, this is crazy to me. These is what limited hangouts look like. They're building something that's not there. Here, by the way, is Elon Musk's response to some conversation about COVID-19. He says, I'm pro-vaccines in general. This is January 15th, just so we're clear. And he's also said he was pro these specific injections back in 2021. Never followed up on that. People wonder what, what, what he feels now. But he, here's what he says on this. I'm pro-vaccine in general, but... There's a point where, you got to love this, cure slash vaccine, right, because those are interchangeable, right, is potentially worse if administered to the whole population than the disease. This is what a limited hangout looks like. Whether he knows that or not, I, I don't know for sure. But realize, one, conflating the idea of cure and vaccine is ridiculous right now, on top of the fact that it's only potentially dangerous when given broadly. No, individually, these things are killing people right now, individually, by themselves, for anybody i don't care if you're 99 years old or you just got born they're deadly they are killing people the scientific research peer-reviewed backs that up the problem here is that this is a way to make it seem like they're good for some people which by the way plenty of these youtube influencers are still playing that game some of the big ones too yeah elderly people should get it still because because that's what youtube tells them they should say right it's not true here is a problem because people are going to think, well, there's still some good. Maybe they could be altered and made better. That's kind of where this ends up going. Or the, this is kind of the Trump, the solution will be worse than the problem. Well, yeah, welcome to 2020, guys. And here's Trump dismissing COVID-19 back safety claims, saying he saved 100 million lives. So he's not dropping that. And by the way, as far as I can tell, lost him most of his support. A lot of people I've talked to, and it was just, it was this one in particular. It's been like this for a while, and I've been trying to show people that, but this one on the 16th really did not go over well. And I don't, I, the point is, I guess they always thought he was playing some kind of 4D chess. No, guys, he's owning this as his legacy. What just, you read into that how you will. It's pretty much can't be that he's on your side. That's how I see that. And then, and then one last point on this, the same kind of thing we were talking about is I am no, I am as susceptible as anybody else. And, and even as much as I talk about this, I'll explain in this case why. I mean, look, today right now, I would never share a screenshot that I hadn't checked without making sure that it was real. I just wouldn't do it. However, and this is what happened. See, this is how, where I fell into the trap. This is something that was shared by somebody else who I thought was you know doing a reasonably good job. I mean, no, no knock is this on Jake. He probably fell into the same trap I did. But the point is, Jake Shields shared this they're blaming the increase in heart attacks on gas stoves and post a study saying 47.3%. I shared that, you know, because, you know, same thing. And, and this is 100% my fault. I, it's only on me. I did not check this, which is only my fault, period. But I'm just explaining in the sense of why I did because I was busy and I saw it and it was in the context of the show that day. And I are there. And this is where the problem lies. I said, okay, well, that's probably, that seems like what is happening. And I did. And, and I thought, okay, I don't think Jake would share it without checking and so on. The same people, same people probably, same thing people probably did for me. I know Ryan wouldn't share that without checking and shared it too, right? You see how it trickles down. Now we all need to do our best not to let this happen. Now, I, I, I proudly would say this very rarely happens with me. And even because this just happened here, I'm hopefully going to say never again, especially with screenshots. But for those in the podcast, it's, it's a screenshot of a, a you know, a, a corporate post saying that it's about gas stoves and heart attacks. Now, it turns out there is actually a study talking about exactly the same thing. The percentage is much lower. So was this an effort to hide that by putting out a fake percentage? Probably. You see, this is how this game is being played. And I fell into it. And I want to give a shout out to Peregrine telling me it was fake, but the real one. Oh, there you go. And There's the study right there showing you that it's 12.7. So there's the actual tweet. Somebody took that and lied about it. Why would they do that? Like arguably, somebody who is trying to wake people up, why would they fake the number? I argue that was either somebody who was trying to set us up, who believes that we are what they think we are, or somebody who thinks lying for their truth is the right thing to do. In any case, I think this is just my general point. We are all susceptible. We all need to try to be better because it's simple. And this is my point about the Twitter files. We are Becoming more, it's easier to just share a screenshot. Because, well, look, we're all pretending Twitter files are proving left and right with screenshots. Now, I, you know, maybe some people think I'm being a dead horse. I genuinely think there's something very important happening with the way this is being played out. I really do. Let me close some tabs really quickly. Okay, there we go. Now, to finish this last uh, limited hangout point, the last, what is it, 10 tabs here, Chief Nerd shared this. And this is what I've been seeing circulating today, or a few times. And I think this is very interesting. I wonder why, because this is something, I, this is either a lack of knowing where this originally began, and that's largely, I think, on top of everything else, because Moderna did censor this page. But it's interesting how I think there's a lot of information right now being framed as new that's really not, like the transmission point. And I think that's. I think that's the definition of a limited hangout. He says, and this is Chief Nerd, says CNBC hosts are amazed Moderna was working on a COVID vaccine so early. He says, the last time we were here in Davos, it was January, 2020. And you were talking about how you were working on a COVID vaccine for COVID. And at that point, COVID didn't really exist in our minds. It's amazing. So everyone on here is talking about like, Like this proves somehow that they admitted they were doing this before. Which, by the way, let's not forget, I think it's pretty obvious that they were working on this stuff long before this started. And whether this was taken advantage of or created, we can discuss all day long. So I'm not debating that there's foreknowledge here. I think that's blatantly obvious. What I'm pointing out is that this kind of stuff, whether by accident or not, effectively covers that reality, that there was foreknowledge. Because we point at something that can be easily broken down is not true. And this is even the, not the best example. I wanted to get, include this because this is where I first saw it. Actually, shout out to Chief Nerd for sharing this in general. Because look, to be clear, he's not making the argument about it one way or the other. Just pointing it out and quoting it. Now, whether or not you think you know the intentions that people love to do it on Twitter, you shouldn't do that because who knows what he was trying to accomplish. Maybe he knows that's the truth. Who knows? This one, however, is a little different. Wait, what? Stu Peter says, quote, the last time we were here in Davos was... Okay, so it's, that's supposed to be a shocking revelation. I think that's pretty clear. Well, the point is, Moderna began on the record on January 11th. January 11th, whereas the Davos discussion was after that. Far too much is being repackaged today as new information. Whether that's intentional or not, is up for you to decide? The bigger item being buried by this is how a Chinese genetic sequence was gladly accepted by Operation Warp Speed prior to even the public claim of isolation mRNA platforms. Now, by the way, this was something that I frustratingly forgot to talk about during my mRNA show. It was the last two tabs that I just somehow missed. My point before I move past it, though, is that there's a lot of people out there that really are trying to either they don't know that this is not a revelation or they want you to think it is. I mean, look at the engagement. People are very quick to fall. I mean, like I just showed you myself doing it, right? We just got to try to be better. Here is post, or the Moderna website, it's only on the way back machine now because they deleted it. Ask yourself why. If you go to this link now, it's very different. It's a, it completely, it's just not even the same thing. It's literally different. It breaks this all down starting from before COVID and then just kind of encapsulating the entire thing between that. Look at that. CDC recommendation. Yeah, that's it. Oh, is it? Well, let's look at the real breakdown. This is where it becomes very important. Oh, on top of that, by the way, I think it's hilarious that this video, which is simply about mRNA, Moderna's potential vaccine against COVID. Those that have seen me do this before, remember this. This is the YouTube video about Moderna's process. Which, oh, here, let me just get the link itself. This is on the way back machine. Check this out. This is the current status of that video. What? Violating YouTube's terms of service? That's quite interesting. So how would discussing their MRNA plug-and-play platform somehow fall under... Oh, well, because when we talk about that, we get called misinformation. So apparently the algorithm censored Moderna's actual video because it's fake news? <laughs> let you- oh, you will let you have fun with that one. The point is that they're clearly trying to hide things, and everyone's being dishonest. It's hilarious. But the real point here is that this is January 11th. Oh, and we'll just actually start with this. This is Davos, the, the Wikipedia page, World Economic Forum, and their Davos meetings uh, right here. This is the, over, uh, the dates and overview of the past annual meetings. Here's 2020. Stakeholders and Cohesive Sustainable World. Okay, so that was the 20th and 24th. Timing is very clear. So January 11th, Chinese authorities shared the genetic sequence of the novel coronavirus. This is during Trump's administration. And China bad guy apparently sends a genetic sequence before they had isolated it, which I argue they never did. But this is on the record, as I've shown before, where they said on the record with MSNBC that we did not isolate it when this happened.
3: And Why has the data not been shared?
4: No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's an issue
1: point is, guys, they argue that they later did. Well, to the single point, it's irrelevant. I still argue that they, under the definition of isolation and Koch's postulates, they did not. I think that's clear, but we we debate that all day because people play the game with it. But the point is, at January 11th, they hadn't. So ask yourself why it even matters. If the whole point was their plug and play platform, which we'll get into, which is right here, the discussion of how it's literally a plug and play interchangeable platform with programs and apps, and the way this is exactly how they described it. Why did they even need it to be isolated? They didn't, is the point. They got a genetic sequence from China on January 11th. By January 13th, the NIH and Moderna, so the the U.S. government that Trump was in control of, and Moderna, researched to finalize the sequence for what is still being used, mRNA-1273. And then, by February 7th, they had their first batch. But between those two periods of time, was january 20th 24th which was the meeting for the world economic forum so the point is when you talk about this and go oh my god they discussed this as a shocking new thing well it wasn't because it was january 20th and he was going we are brand new working on something i mean i'm not saying that these people are i'm not trying to remove accountability it's obvious there's something very fishy going on but to make it a thing that's not fishy and try to make it look this is a way to bury the truth that's my opinion Here's the clip, just to play the first part. This
0: time we were here in Davos in the winter, uh, it was uh, January 2020. Yeah. And I saw you at that point, and we were at a breakfast um, right over here at the Belvedere. I remember. And you came up to me in this small room, and you were talking about how you had actually, the, you were working on a vaccine mm-hmm. for, for COVID. And at that point, COVID-19 didn't
1: even really exist in our minds. Yeah, we, we were just hearing that. about the yeah. whole- I think
4: there was no name that time. Corona. Yeah,
1: right. right. Um, I mean, this is all public information. So it, you know, to to play on the lack of awareness of the average person, you know that's what some media people choose to do. At the end of the day, on January 11th, which we were talking about right then, by the way, this is what was going on. And so then January 20th, he goes and he's going, yeah, we just started work on this thing, and they rightly so they hadn't called it COVID 19 yet. So really, guys, there's nothing nothing profound here. It's just basic information that we should know if we were actually paying attention. So back to the point. There's multiple points layered in here. One, that this is going to hide the fact, as I said in this tweet, the most important part of this. One, that if Trump specifically and Pompeo at the time were going, China didn't let us know, even though, by the way, they had the majority of the the funding going to the World Economic Forum, excuse me, the WHO at the time, which means that the team that was sent to investigate was predominantly U.S. personnel, which means they had people there. They knew what was going on. They've lied to you the whole time. But the major point is that they got a genetic sequence from China when they hadn't isolated this and let that then become the basis for their entire program, which was the same thing Pfizer used. How is that? How is But shut down the Wuhan lab. It's. I mean, think about how dumb that is in relation to this point. But meanwhile, there are multiple labs that they didn't close that were still doing the same thing and still are, by the way. We're all being played. It seems like theater at this point, which perfectly overlaps with the whole DOD operation, the theater of the FDA, which we should know by now. I think this is incredibly important. Again, to the other point, well, if they had this produced on January 13th, when he told you it wasn't isolated, and it never was, in my opinion— why does it matter if it ever was? This was the plug-and-play platform from the beginning, and now they're pretending that's what they're doing now. No, that's what they did from the start. they played games ever since. Here is their operating system, as they call it. All of these are no longer on their page, by the way. Why would that be? Recognizing the broad potential of mRNA science, we set out to create an mRNA technology platform that functions much like an operating system on a computer. That's the point, right? So all they needed was the plug-and-play program to interchangeably with different programs in our case the program or the app is our mRNA drug the unique mRNA sequence that codes for the protein right so all they needed was the new program plugged it in pumped out the new product that's exactly it's clear that's what happened so we're being lied to we have a dedicated team of several hundred scientists engineered focusing on was last part in there i think this was yeah anyway The point is, guys, that this is an important discussion that is always getting buried. And right now is acting like we just had a profound realization about this when it's always been public information. And just to point out in general, oh, actually, you know, on a side note, I forgot I included this. Despite all the information, despite how everything's right now failing, the mRNA platform, the whole thing, they're still moving forward on this right now. Guess what they're doing? Rolling out an RSV vaccine that's mRNA. Of course. Posted January 18th. Updated January 18th. <laughs> Can't even... They change these articles constantly. They don't tell you what they do. I make that point all the time. But it's it's almost consistent now that they do that. They just change it constantly. But the point is, Moderna and Pfizer produced COVID-19 vaccines in record times. Why? I just showed you. Because they didn't follow any normal safety. Pre- they just pumped this stuff out and they pumped it out. And by the way, we're make we're pumping this in people's arms on March 16th. Months later. That, you know, shaved off about two years from the normal process. That makes sense. Well, that's what they're saying. Shaved off the traditional vaccine research and approval process. And now the same expedited timeline is occurring with RSV for elderly and infant populations. Okay, explain that for me. If the only reason this was done so rapidly, warp speed, was because we were in danger and we had to rush then exactly why are we doing the same thing for SV? Oh, so it was all a big game and a lie then. So we're just now doing that forever, whether or not there's an eminent risk. Got it. So the whole point was just about creating the justification to use the plug and play platform because that was always the plan. And they're doing it again right now. There's no RSV emergency. There's no, and how much you want to bet it, it gets emergency authorized as well. Moderna Therapeutics... CEO, Stefan Bonsall told CNBC that its RSE vaccine developed with mRNA technology can press the timeline for development from as many as eight years that's been standard. Why? Because it's a plug-and-play platform. They're talking about the only reason the time is different is because all they're going to do is take the genetic code, enter it in the same process, and pump it out. They pretend they don't need to test these things the same way. Clearly, can't you tell how well it's working in the world right now? My God. And just to point at that same Davos meeting, just in case there's important overlaps to that, this was on January 24th, 2020, talking about the meeting that they had after he had been working on the injection. U.S. President Trump, while he was there, compared Tesla, Elon Musk to Thomas Edison. It's an interesting overlap. Greta, Greta, of all people, Greta Thunberg, reiterated her message about urgency of the climate crisis. Hmm. Interesting overlap to today. Former U.S. Vice President Al Gore compared the climate crisis to historic events like 9-11. All three of these people are right now in the focus. I think that's very interesting. Either way, limited hangouts everywhere you look right now. Here, I said the release relief valve in action. Breaking news. Something you knew two years ago. This will be half the story at best and is put out in hopes that after you look at this, you stop looking deeper. Look deeper. Look deeper. As Michael P. Singer points out, super sleuth, Leanna Wynn tells CNN, we've been vastly overcounting COVID deaths. Well, we know that, don't we? And even to the point we already pointed out, that there are people that have been proving that with their own experience. But instead, Lena Wynn comes out and just changes her story. You know, instead of forcing everybody or doing this or mask work, now they don't. This is just, she's clearly being used, in my opinion. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But the point is, this is meant, in my opinion, to stop you from looking further. Well, look, they care about you. They're doing their job. Can't you tell? They just told you the truth, or at least part of it.
3: These are two separate things here overcounting deaths and overcounting hospitalizations. As you know, I covered this closely. <laughs>
1: what a savvy point there. You think deaths and hospitalizations are different? Great job. Now we're on the same page. Let's continue.
3: Honestly, being in the Trump White House when this happened, I talked to a lot of health officials about this who are actually kind of skeptical of this claim that you're making. And I think one big thing has been what is the evidence? <laughs> that these COVID deaths are actually being overcounted.
5: Well, this is the reason why this kind of transparent reporting is going to be so important. There is a way for us to look at death certificates and also to look at the medical records of individuals prior to the death. And I think this needs to be separated into three categories. One is the um, the covid as a direct contributor, the primary cause of death. The second is, could it be a secondary contributing cause? So for my God, I mean, this is just this is covid one oh one, Guys, this is twenty
1: twenty. How pathetic is this? Like, whoa, it's so insightful. Let me look at you, even got him writing it down back there, right? Because look, oh, it's so important. I'm going to write this down. You can see, oh, it's important. You can tell, right? I mean, my God. Like, how much think about this, guys? Had this been Dr. Peter McCullough who said this, or plenty of others who very clearly said this using the exact same information, they would have said fake news. They wouldn't even given it at the time of day. For some reason, Lena Wen, come, Leanna Wen comes out and they are told to talk about it, they are told to engage with it honestly. I mean, what else do you make sense of? there are people out there using peer-reviewed science and they sneer and ridicule? She comes out with, ner- with her narrative, which is generally true. And they are all like, oh, Evan Gage, I'm engaged. i I'm going to write this down. Don Lemon's writing things down. He's got his glasses on. He's real deal this time. Go back to entertainment news, dude. These people don't know what
5: they're doing. And it's fr- frustrating. The um, second is, could it be a secondary contributing cause? So, for example, somebody with kidney disease, COVID then pushes them over the edge to have kidney failure. That's COVID as a contributing cause. And then the third is COVID as an incidental finding. So somebody coming in with a gunshot wound or a heart attack, and they happen (laughs) to test positive. I think that we need to separate out and look at the percentages of each. That percentage would have shifted over time as well. In the beginning, probably a lot more people were dying with the primary cause of COVID. That probably... All right. I mean, my God, I mean, I don't you know, even play the rest of it. I mean, how
1: ridiculous. Like this is breaking information. This has been publicly discussed. This has been publicly ridiculed. They publicly defended this. And now apparently Don Lemon totally. I'm just I love making fun of the guy. But the point is, guys, these guys are just like, oh, my God, this is compelling. Keep going. <laughs> is, my God, these people are ridiculous. Now, here's an interesting one. I'm going to play the whole clip here. As Texas Lindsay, who, by the way, I am also going to be connecting with very soon. We were going to before, and then we, we had a time mishap. Uh, in case you didn't see it, by the way, the prime minister of New Zealand has res- res- resigned. Many points to make there, of course, which why would that be happening right now? I, didn't She just save everybody's lives? Or they want you to think? <laughs> by the way, look. Twitter is, there's, Twitter is not oper- Look, <laughs> Clearly following her. Very strange there's Twitter's there's some weird stuff going on and I'm starting to think it is just coding it's just not working right anyway she she resigned so the point is first of all that doesn't make sense right if she's some kind of hero at least how she well, they want to frame themselves why would you resign well because the people of the country hate her seemingly the vast majority why because she destroyed everything they have and the, the country is a totalitarian wasteland at this point not in the sense of the country and the land but what they've turned the the, the enforcement into it's horrific. One of the worst, Australia, New Zealand, China, and the United States and the UK are all right up there at the top. These ones being exponentially worse, usually because they're being leaned into by the other countries that are doing, they want to not be appearing to be the worst. (laughs) They're the vassal states. But also, as I always point out, you know what's coming, right? Is she going to be held accountable? Or are we just going to go on pretending like her resigning in disgrace is enough? That's what that's meant to be. You're meant to go, oh, how embarrassing, and then not do anything else. The joke I always make, right? When when somebody gets, when, you know, you kill somebody in a car accident, can I just quit my job? And be like, okay, I resigned from my job. Am I good? Can I not go to prison? Nope. That doesn't work for you, peons. But these people pretend like they're accountable, and they pretend, and they just step down, and go, oh, man. No, you need to go to prison because you killed people, because you ruined people's lives. It's horrific. Now let's play the clip because it's interesting what Tucker says right at the end.
6: The lady with the big teeth who tormented her citizens has just announced she is leaving office. Here she was moments ago.
5: Announcing that I will not be seeking re-election.
1: And she does seem like she's crying, which is interesting.
5: And then my term as prime minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February.
6: Most authoritarian leader that country has ever had and no one else comes close. An appalling abuser of human rights of her own people. She, of course, earned the admiration of Western leaders, including former CIA director Michael Hayden, by ushering in an era of near totalitarianism in New Zealand. She shut down the entire country over a single COVID case. She told everyone to stay in their bubbles. She told citizens to inform on their neighbors by calling the police if... They saw them outside. Sounds like a lot of places we're dealing with, right? And what's interesting,
1: though, is what we're ultimately... Hold on. I just forgot it.
6: Oops. Oh, dang it. ...country has ever owned people. She, of course, earned the admiration of Western leaders, including... Oh, just
1: don't forget that, right, the, the WHO, the West in general... Let's not pretend like this lady was making her own decisions. I think it's very clear, and that's is my opinion, obviously, but I think it's very clear that Australia, New Zealand in particular, these countries are used aggressively by the West, Western powers. And in this case, I, these things are being influenced at the very least.
6: And it's the same thing as anywhere else. That's, I agree with Tucker so far on everything he's saying. Former CIA Director Michael Hayden, by ushering in an era of near totalitarianism in New Zealand, she shut down the entire country over a single COVID case, She told everyone to stay in their bubbles. She told citizens to inform on their neighbors by calling the police if they saw them outside. I'm not making this up, by the way. We kept a video record. Here's some of it. Hmm.
5: Stay local and do not congregate. Don't talk to your neighbors. Please keep to your bubbles. It comes down again to those very simple principles. We know from overseas uh, cases of the Delta variant that it can be spread by people simply walking past one another. So keep those movements outside to the bare minimum. If someone refuses in our um, facilities to be tested, they have to keep staying. So they won't be able to leave after 14 days. They have to stay on for another 14 days. So it's a pretty good incentive. You either get your tests done and make sure you're cleared or we will keep you in a facility longer. So... What? I think people, most people will look at that and say, I'll take the, I'll take the test.
1: What a maniac. Yeah. You think, because what you're in prison until you take the test essentially. Yeah. Oh, you, you not gonna take that. Okay. 14 more days. We'll come back again later. Oh, no test. 14 more days. See you in two weeks. So that apparently goes on forever until you take the test. So there's no choice here. That's what they pretend is a choice. You can be in prison for the rest of your life or you could take one test. Of course, people are gonna bend and do what they're doing. That's ridiculous. You can now see family and friends again in their homes. Here's the final point. And use the bathroom inside, luxury.
6: Wow, at this point. What are the chances she was a puppet of the Chinese government? We don't have enough evidence to prove that, but we would rate that as about 100% likely
1: really that's some good journalism there what do you think the likelihood of this thing we want you to think about is the likelihood well we don't have any proof of any evidence but we're going to say 100 (laughs) percent do not sidestep that that is a that's ridiculous now the real point here is is that even remotely true it could be of course anything could be true But what are you trying to insinuate here, that only countries that are acting like this are because China made it happen, because China bad guy, because that's the right wing thing to say, even though there's literally If you're claiming China did this. Well, so, too, to the United States and all the other countries that are clearly involved with what's going on. But think about that. Saying that with no evidence, but we 100 percent. Okay, well, it's New Zealand we're talking about, right? Well, let's be very clear that the New Zealand is openly in a direct relationship with the United States, who very clearly on the record has aggressive influence over what they do. And you could read these for yourself if you want to dive into it deeper. On top of that, the New Zealand's relationship with China is not too, I mean, this, this is written 2020, and you can look into this even further. On the record, these things aren't what they say they are. So what's the insinuation? Because we want to blame China because that's the thing to do. We're just going to say that with no evidence, but say 100%, even though on the record, if there's anybody influencing New Zealand, it's the United States. I mean, why wouldn't just use that and blame Biden? Well, because the main goal right now is to say China bad guy from the right side of the false two-party paradigm. Check out Matt Errett's work on our website because there's important roots to understand about how all of this is false, despite people stuck in the two-party paradigm attacking them like they're ant- like ant- they're pro-China, <laughs> completely missing the point. All of them aren't on your side. China, the United States, Russia, they're all rooted in the fake paradigm. It's a false dichotomy. They want you to think there's div- their governments and powerful people using you. The problem is that when we look at these things through the lens of the paradigm, we fight each other the simplest reality in our, that is the only thing right now that let's just say that's the most important first thing that we need to get past or nothing will change. But yeah, what do you think China's the one doing it? Well, how about we just have some facts at all to back that up or the reality being that it does not seem even remotely to be the case, but you can decide for yourself. Last point. I just thought this was important to point out just because of where all this is going. Right. And fault limited hangouts and manipulations and China, as opposed to all of them together, is a way to make sure that this goes forward while we quibble about the ins and outs of it, as opposed to realizing that they're all trying to manipulate you. The problem here is that this is where this is going, whether this is just a glitch or not. You might have seen what just happened to Bank of America. The problem here is that this is the world that's being built. The ability to just shut you down, turn you off, flip the switch. Oh, you, you have a low credit score. Well, your money's stuck. You know we don't like what you voted for last time. Well, guess what? You're no longer allowed to take your money out. Or maybe this is a test. Who ultimately knows? The point is that it's this simple. And when you find out, when we get through these clips, what actually they're claiming is the case, it almost makes it worse. But just get ready for this, because when she's when this the New Zealand Prime Minister was saying that you we're going to stop you from living your life if you don't do what you're told, or in Canada seizing your bank accounts for doing what you're not supposed to, which is protest. This is where this is going.
2: Bank of America and everybody's missing money. I'm also missing money over $1,300 and they're telling me to call customer service and they keep hanging up, and they, on, and they keep hanging up on people. This
1: is another person here right. who's also missing money. So we're trying to see what's going on. Money. Let's be clear about this, guys. Customer service is there for one reason, to protect the bank. They are not there to help you as much as they may think so. That's why right now they're running interference, hanging up on people because they don't know what to say. That's not customer service. That is a wall between you and dealing with the bank.
2: He's missing today and we need our money and they're already telling us to call customer service and customer service ain't doing nothing about it. So just a heads up. If anybody's experiencing this, please let us know because this is not right. I'm missing $1,400 from my account. And they're telling me that there's no way they can help us. This guy's missing money too. This other person is missing money too, and you you missing money too? There you go. So this is not something that's just one person. This is everybody's happening to them, and this is crazy. This is very crazy. Yes, Bank of America decided to take people's money without their consent, and we're asking what's going on, and they're giving us a runaround. Everybody for the same thing, man. Same same thing.
1: If you want to be one of these people just milling around, waiting to you know be handed out crumbs right? It's your money. Think about that. And you just got to wait for them to let you know customer service hanging up on you. The lady at the desk going, we don't know, know. call customer service. Round and round you go. Just feel the, the helplessness in that situation. You're not in control. That's not how this is supposed to be. This is your money. And also realize, guys, that do you really think you're making anything by having it in the bank? Anything at all? What a scam that is. Fractional reserve banking guarantees that they make billions off of your money, loaning out 10 times more than they even have. Your money, and and that's largely why you can't just go in and take all of it out at one time, because they don't have it. Or they might not if everyone did that. This is a big deal. This is showing, and this is, you know what, this may in fact just be what they're making happen to trigger your call for a solution, which then becomes digital currency or whatever else they're doing. In any case, guys, just realize that you're not in control if you're working with these systems. At any moment, these can be shut down for an accident, for a mistake, or for social credit, or for climate change, or for ESG, or any number of things. Here's another qu- a clip Bank of America missing money outrage, and this is coming from ABC World News.
3: A scary day for some Bank of America customers Wednesday. They checked their accounts and found their money gone.
2: I'm missing $1,400 from my account, and they're telling me that there's no way they can help us. You're missing money too? Yes. There you go.
3: It was a nationwide issue. I get a text alert, and it says my account is overdrawn. One customer tweeted their balance of negative $2,000. Most complaints involved the payment transfer service, Zelle.
1: Okay. Most complaints. Well, what does that mean? They try to bury this whole thing on this one app. But clearly that was not the case. And I did do a little more due diligence around this and looked up some you know, conversations, Twitter and so on. And that does not seem to be the case. So if the app is part of it, well, then what's the rest of it then? Why do the, all these other people have money missing or negative accounts when they didn't even use the Zelle app? So just remember that because this is only one part of it. But yet that's where they're burying it and saying, that was it. We fixed it. It's over. Well, apparently not. Apparently, this is only part of it. So ask what the rest of it was about.
5: I
3: did see that what was causing my negative balance was that the Zelle transfer that I had at one time seen in my account and had received notification,
5: it just disappeared.
3: I went to see my bank account and then I saw there's $100 less. Zelle is owned by Bank of America and six other banks. It ah. issued a statement saying, We understand that a Zelle network financial institution may have experienced issues processing some of their customers' Zelle transactions, which has now been resolved.
1: Well, that's not true either, is it? Because this wasn't some kind of processing problem. They were posted and then later were removed. Not still there, but not in the count. but the entire transaction was removed. There's a, this is not, I'm telling you right now, there's something more about, behind this. There's no way around it. First of all, realize the simplest point. Bank of America owns this app along with other banks. So this is the kind of public-private overlap that they want you to think is your future, right? These are your your stakeholders. The banks, the Bank of America, these are the people they want you to believe have your best interest at heart. And they're the ones, they're messing things up or stealing or whatever else is happening. All I'm saying is that if we're simply pretending that this is the way forward, very clearly, there is no accountability here. They just go, shut up, it's been solved, go back to sleep. That's what's happening. There is no follow-up here. There's people that I, as far as I can tell, that never got money back yet, and they're still waiting. All, this has only just happened over the last couple of days. But they're, that's resolved. Everyone, it's over. It was just Zell. That's not true. Okay, well, why do they only say that? On top of that, there are people that haven't been resolved. They say it has been, so this could be a test. But bottom line is, these are not people that you should trust for anything. These are the very kind of people that are provably involved with stealing from others, involved with robbing the planet. You know, look at your, take 2008, for example, and realize what really caused that. And then what they did with the money they were given, it was supposed to help everybody. They took, gave it to themselves. These are not the right people to do anything for anybody else. These are people that will take from you under a guise of doing the right thing, just like your governments, And that's the world they're trying to build. While yelling equity and equality and green well, they do the exact opposite.
3: Many customers tried to contact Bank of America Customer Service, but say they were unsuccessful. The bank apologized on social media, saying Zelle transactions made between January 14th and January 17th may be delayed in occurring and posting to accounts. Transfers will appear in your account as soon as possible.
1: Well, see, that's again, that's a lie because they posted and then were removed. It's not the same thing. I mean, anybody that knows how these systems work. That's not that doesn't make sense. Something happened. It could be a glitch, whatever that means. But they're just simply, ca- you know, p- pretending that this is the only way it's going. And then uh, what'd you say before that?
3: Successful. The bank apologized on social media. So- right,
1: right. So the point is that if you're calling in and they just, they're just not there to help you, what does that even mean? Their whole job is customer service and they were hanging up on people. I, you know, I like I. like you could clearly see there's more to this story. That's all I'm saying.
3: Delayed in occurring and posting to accounts. Transfers will appear in your account as soon as possible. As of 3 p.m. Eastern, they said the problem was resolved, but did not give a reason for the disruptions. Jeez. It's not the first time Zelle customers have had problems. The app is facing a lawsuit, with consumer advocates and lawmakers citing increasing fraud. <laughs> a recent report claimed there were nearly 200,000 cases of fraudulent transactions on Zelle between 2021 and 2022, involving more than $200 million. It's
1: probably the bank itself, guys. I mean, for as far as I'm concerned, let's not forget about Wells Fargo right? They've been been, uh, caught for, I mean, they paid out billions in fines and they just keep doing the same thing. It happens over and over because they've factored it in as a cost of doing business. So how much you want to bet that's the same damn thing? Who knows? Ultimately, the point is these people are not accountable. They didn't tell you what happened. They're not explaining what went wrong or how they fixed it. They're just going, it's good. Go back to sleep. And there's lawsuits against this very app. Run screaming, guys. Run screaming. Do not use the app. Arguably, you shouldn't be using any of these really to engage with these kind of things because who knows what's going to go wrong. But think about why you would ever have your money in a bank right now, other than maybe security. But is that really secure? Is it even really there? Just something to think about because the where this is going, these are important questions because there will come a time. I mean, look at it like this, whether we're talking about some kind of great reset manipulation or just history, every single fiat currency in history has failed. Every single one. It's inevitable. At some point, this will happen. Why you would be over-invested in that and not be smart about being prepared? Simple things like water and backup food and things like that, whether in a risky situation or not, are always intelligent. Just be prepared. They're hoping that you're not smart enough to do that. And they're always wrong. You guys have shown yourself as a a general sense throughout this entire process to not be what they were hoping that you were. Think about that. Be proud of that because, my God, I've never seen something like this fall apart in such real time. So thank you for being a part of this. We couldn't have done this without you. You are the last American vagabond. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
0: Questions get asked when people have hesitancy or reluctance to get vaccinated. Did you go too quickly is the first. The answer to that is the speed was a reflection of extraordinary scientific advances and did not compromise safety, nor did it compromise scientific integrity. The next question is okay, but what about the fact is it really safe and is it really effective? Or is this something the government is trying to put over on us? Is this something? the companies want to take advantage of. Well, let's take a look at what's happened over the past few months. We've had clinical trials, and thanks to the volunteers in that trial, in tens of thousands who have put themselves on the line to prove to the country and the world that these are safe and effective products. It is really bittersweet. The bitterness is the fact of what the vice president mentioned. We still are in the middle of a very difficult situation record numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. But the sweetness is the light at the end of the tunnel, which I can tell you as we get into January, February, March, and April, that light is going to get brighter and brighter, and the bitterness is going to be replaced by the sweetness. And we all hope, and I think this is doable, that by the time we get to several months into this year, We will have enough people protected that we can start thinking seriously about the return to normality. And that's up to all of us to step forward and get vaccinated.